and Matt Show, the disc golf podcast you've been looking for. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Matt, what week are we on? 25? You got it. 25. Matt, week 25. The Nick and Matt Show. Um, I would say, you know, after 25 weeks, we should probably maybe introduce ourselves again. But my name is Nick Carl. This is Matt Graham, my co-host. And uh, we're super excited to bring everyone some disc golf content. And we have a very fun episode tonight. It's kind of different than what we were originally planning, but some plans fell through, you know, such as life. It is what it is. But uh, we brought someone in the studio. Wait, how did they infiltrate our security? You know, well, you set it up perfectly. Now we're all six feet away from each other. So we're following all the guidelines and everything like that. But um, he's kind of well known in the disc golf world. I'll let everyone be the judge of that when he joins the show. But we're in just studio, have, yeah. In if studio, our, too. if our the people who follow us like the most regular right now are going, I know who it is. Yeah, most likely we might have given it away the other night. Maybe, yeah. maybe I don't know. All but, right, so let's let's yeah. go ahead and just introduce because he's going to be a part of the show the whole night. Um, his name uh, rhymes with Iman Izot. Here he is, <laughs> Iman Izot. <laughs> hey Simon, what's up, man? That was possibly the greatest intro to my name of all time. So thanks, Matt. And uh, thanks, Nick, and having me back here. It was spontaneous. Very. And I am I feel bad that the other plans fell through because that would have been a fun podcast to watch as well. But, you know, I'm here and I'm ready. Oh, man. So we're to give it a feel, if I was to rate the feel between, like, super formal, uptight, like, wedding mm-hmm. or, like, wedding ceremony or, like, all the way down to, like, nightclub, like, dance, like, studio dance bar, right? Mm-hmm. Hanging out at the club. Mm-hmm. This is going to be somewhere in that, like, if that's one to ten, it's somewhere in that four range where we're hanging out at, like, a coffee shop. <laughs> yeah. No, I would say that. Definitely just going to have some nice casual conversation and uh, talk about some disc golf topics. We've got a video that we are going to play for everybody. And, uh, yeah, kind of talk about the off season, how it's going for Simon. Simon and I did a little project last night at his house. It really? Very entertaining for about... The first 30 minutes, and then when we got the groove of things, we we just we kicked ass. A little you know? project. Yeah. Simon, is it okay to talk about what this little project is? I, I would love to. Do you have a picture of it? I mean, yeah. I can... Oh, no, I have a video. No, I took a I picture delete... of it okay. today for the show, actually, because I knew this oh, was nice. going to come up. If you send it to me in, like, Facebook or something, I could actually pull it up. If you send it to me, or you can just hold it up to your camera. Okay, let's let's try the Oh, there you go. That's actually good. Oh, yeah, that worked out perfect. That looks really good. So, so wait, don't tell the people what it is. Okay. I want to wow. see if someone actually knows the name of it. So I can totally see what it is. Um... I'm going to give it like 45 <laughs> well, seconds. Well, people don't even know which part of this was the project. The bottom. The bottom platform. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So we've looked at it for a while. Yep. I'm staring at it, and I feel like it's, it's obviously, it looks like it's something to do with um darts right mm-hmm. it's like a runway <laughs> i don't know what you would call it it's <laughs> like a runway yeah. for darts you're on you're on the right track it's called an aki and yep. i let simon finish it up yeah basically most people that have like a darts set up at home mostly just put like a line of tape somewhere or a little mark on the carpet or on the floor whatever it is or like a little mark on the wall to where to stand but um I wanted to go above and beyond because everyone that knows me knows I'm a darts nerd. Like, mm-hmm. actually nerd. Like, I watch every single tournament. I'm a fan of all the pros. And when they play on the big events with uh, the stages, with all the lights and cameras, they actually always have, like, this little raised, you call it Aki, like you already said, 
and with the lights around it and it just gives it a more professional look and feel and me being the nerd that I am for that I just had to make it happen in my house to have my own little stage <laughs> so I can pretend like I'm a pro so si Simon and I yesterday I got done work a little early so I you know texted Simon I said hey what are you up to and he said not much he had some errands to do but we ended up going out to lunch we got some food and then as we're sitting there He's like, well, I kind of want to do this project. And I was like, well, I have my work truck so we can fit the wood, you know, right in the back of that. And screw it. Buy a saw. Let's go to your house and we'll do it. And yeah. I, so the fight, <laughs> the whole kind of like rundown of this really quick, and I'll throw myself under the bus, is, uh, you know, my dad's been a carpenter for 40 plus years. And he's insane at it. He built a house that we used to live in. So he's just a genius when it comes to it. And uh I never paid attention too, too much when I would help him build stuff, but I knew how to use the tools. I had an idea of it. I had an idea of how to do measurements and everything like that. And so we're putting together this new um, saw that Simon had bought and the blade needed to be attached onto it. And so we're looking up this video. How do you do it? Because of course the instructions manual didn't have any pictures, which I'm all about pictures. So, uh, that saw is also a dangerous freaking tool. If yeah. you know, if you oh, know yeah. what you're doing, <laughs> so, you do not want to mess around with a freaking circular yeah. saw. And we're talking to the safety uh, guy. We're like, oh, yeah, we had no idea what we're doing. We're just like cutting wood. But um, anyway, hey, so. Hey, so, listen, safety is what I get paid to do yeah. in my own personal life. He's like Jack. It's starting to, yeah. Yeah, it's starting to <laughs> yeah. creep in, though, unfortunately. <laughs> so um, anyway, so we're trying to put together this blade and it keeps binding up. And so I'm like, can't figure it out watching the YouTube video. And I feel like I'm doing everything correctly. But every single time you turn it on, it starts binding. And then it started getting like wicked hot. It started and smelling, smelling bad. Yeah, it started smelling. And uh, so I, I FaceTimed my dad while he was at work. And I was just like, Dad, Padre, I really need some help right now. Like Simon and I are trying to do this project. And I'm trying to show off to him that I know how to use a freaking saw because I've used one before. And anyway, so my dad's sitting there watching it with his glasses on, <laughs> and uh, he literally told me how to do it exactly. He's like, okay, there's a button up here that you got to push down. And I thought I was pushing it down, but he's like, no, you got to push it hard. So I, like, really pressed on it, and that's all it was. I just wasn't pushing down on this, like, safety button to tighten up the saw screw that oh, was on it. Oh, yeah. And so it was just binding up because it wasn't hmm. – there was no area for it to spin. Anyways, so we ended up doing that, and we made the cuts. We made the measurements, and it – Honestly, when he put the lights on it and we put it down on the floor, it came out freaking sweet. Light. Everyone that works in media or anything knows lighting is everything, mm -hmm. and I think that's the same thing there. If you put like cool lights on anything, oh, yeah. it'll look way cooler than it actually is. Yeah, it looks. It it actually does look very cool. Well, for instance, what looks way cooler than it really is? If you could see my studio right now, you'd be like, eh. it's sick. well, it's just the lights yeah. make it look cooler. I think it's yeah. very impressive. Okay. So uh quick shout out to Chris Carpenter. Thanks, had, uh, thanks by the way. Sam. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. He would um given us a ten dollar super chat. We really appreciate it. And someone had written a drinking game. However many times Nick or Matt say wicked, you have to take a drink. And I really someone someone had just wrote that. And uh I honestly, if you play that game I, within the first ten minutes, you're gonna be hammered. And I don't want that. I <laughs> feel like people. I feel like I don't say wicked that much, but maybe I do. I say it's, wicked all the it's time. It's a regular part of my, it is a regular part of my vocabulary. Up. Yeah. Um, that's wicked awesome, right? So yeah, it's a regular part of it. So if you can already tell, this is in the first uh, 10 minutes here, 11, oh, we came on a little bit late tonight. Um, oh, Simon. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but if you can tell already, it's like a, just a hangout feel. 
um, where we're talking about things and, and you're just getting to be with us and hang out with us and hopefully we have a good time. Um, we're about to show you a really cool video that we saw this week, but let's just go ahead and give away one tidbit of news. What do people think about um, and Simon in studio, obviously, I care about his opinion more than Nick's tonight. But what do you think about changing the um, GBO to the DDO? Like, does that change anything for you? Like, it, it, it's a weird roll off the tongue kind of thing. What do you think? Who am I going with me? Oh, I'm right yeah, on the spot here. Sweet. Yeah, okay. just throwing it so out there. I, I saw that, obviously, on Facebook as well, scrolling through some uh, news. And I went straight to the comments. And <laughs> I was, oh, sorry. I was honestly. Entertained. No. Yeah, it was, as always, a very entertaining comment section, but I was so shocked how many people got upset about a name change. Wow. Really? I mean, I all I saw, I think 80% of comments I saw were like did not like that they changed it no and, and thought that their reasoning for changing it was weak and not strong enough to like justifying the change because like GBO is so, it's been around for so many years and it's like a a cool name and with all the history behind the glass blowing stuff also for like Kansas and made total sense. And they want to just, uh, I don't know what, what the exact reason was. Well, I guess they pretty much at that point name. they're starting to promote dynamic discs more often yeah, and, um, or more so I should say, which I, I agree with them. Yeah. Like I'm actually in favor for how they did it. I think the name, the glass blown open was really cool. Like Simon said, there's a lot of cool, um, like, I'm trying to think of the word a bit right now, but I can't. There's a lot of cool like <laughs> things that are tied around it. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's you know, but trying to promote your brand, which Dynamic Discs is the presenting sponsor of it, I think that's an incredible, incredible thing to do. Yeah, and um, I'll just say like, I think people don't, and we've talked about this for weeks now. People don't like change usually. And so that's even, yeah, it's just a kind of a generalized statement. Like they don't like change. Um, I say they, a, a large population, the people yeah. who are most vocal. Yep. Uh, and so, but if you think about it, if you were dynamic discs, if you were them, you probably would be having the same conversation and probably coming to the same idea about what you need to do. That's my opinion. Um, doing kids disc golf. Um, we started the United States junior title. Mm -hmm. And we did that because we thought, you know, that's a large title and like that's going to get some attention. But as the years were going on, we said, man, we really should have made our own title, the Kids Disc Golf Championship, um, because we wanted our name recognition because we think that's going to help promote it and make it bigger as well. So in a, in a small way, I totally get what they're doing there and I support it. It's their business and their thing. And yeah. But Simon, like in general, like, do you have any nostalgia or like? tradition feelings I'm, towards it i'm really not like that at all when i saw that they changed it i kind of wasn't surprised first of all and uh i was like mm -hmm. i don't think i just i just don't care enough to be happy <laughs> or upset about That's it the other thing yeah it's kind of like okay cool well now we play the dynamic discs open which um is fine i mean dd is in emporia and they have put on a huge show for everyone for years and years and it's one of my favorite events i've played ever mm -hmm. and i think for Pretty much any amateur out there, if there's one tournament I would recommend checking out on tour, it's the Glass Blown Open, or now the Dynamic Discs <laughs> Open. And I think changing the name, I don't know if, if looking forward, if it's going to be positive or make any change at all, but I think uh, they have completely the right and to do whatever yeah. they want with their tournament. 
Well, I think it was kind of funny. Someone had just actually wrote this, but I was thinking of it was um, the Vibram Open. I was just versus say the, the MVP same thing. Open or the Maple Hill Open, <laughs> the MSDGC. It was kind of like the Marshall Street Disc Golf Championships. Uh, it was played on Marshall Street, the two different courses. Then the Vibram Open, Vibram being the presenting spawner and the disc manufacturer that you know went all in with that tournament. And then they changed it to the Maple Hill Open. And what was that for? Two years, maybe. Yeah, it changed. One or two years. <laughs> and quickly. then MVP obviously became the title sponsor of it. So now it's the MVP Open at Maple Hill. Yeah. Presented it's, by MVP. Yeah, it's changed quite a few so. times, actually. It's kind of funny because now people will be like, oh, the Vibram or wait, MVP or oh, Maple Hill. Yeah. So you know what, though? That's a whole branding thing, too. I think it's smart. Mm-hmm. If we're going to go off of the is it smart? I think Dynamic This was very smart to do this. Agreed. Um, the GBO is a great event. They're going to make it exactly the same thing with a different yeah. name. So Yeah, I was going to say, it's not the event itself, I don't think, is changing. No. Uh, no, and I they mean, said they're going to make gonna, it bigger and better. Yeah, exactly. They're going to make gonna... it bigger and better. It's crazy because all I've heard, I've heard GBO, now DDO, was one of the best tournaments to go to. Whether you like playing that style of course or not, the GBO slash DDO was the best event to go to because of the kind of after party and the, um, the boardwalk and everything like that of the things to do. Did... Did Which they? I, I haven't. Done were yet. you there, Simon, when uh, they did the Raz round? Were you there for that? You were you? I don't think you were in it, or maybe you were. Do you remember that the Raz round, GBO? Wasn't that no. GBO? Nantucket usually. Does. I, no, no, come on. They did a massive one think, at GBO. I don't come think on. GBO did the Raz the chat, round. Did they? Oh, the chat. The chat needs to take this. Take Ooh. this to the next level. Who? Uh, who? Did I'm the out Raz on round? that. But uh, no, with the. Oh, Tyler Brickley. Tyler says they did. I think it was epic, Thanks, and I, there's a video. The there is a video of it. Anyways, what I mean is they're going to bring all these things that make it something special and unique for sure. Yeah. Okay, so actually, Tyler Brickley just commented in our live chat. Um, if you don't know who Tyler Brickley is, you're going to uh, soon. What I want to do is pull up for you a video that I saw going around and probably many of you saw going around that I thought was totally excellent. Um, it's called Greatest DG Video, um, and it was really neat um i'm just gonna leave it at that and i'm gonna go ahead and just share it for everybody if you're listening um in your podcast uh you know following the, this live recording you're gonna enjoy it if you're watching it you're gonna enjoy it as well so let's go ahead and jump right into this video here we go you know in this time of thanksgiving and the holidays i think it's important that we take a few minutes to honor the past present and future legends of our sport so keep the camera steady, Ed. I'm going to give you the greatest disc golf story ever told. Once upon an Albert Tom, I was fishing at the crazy John Brooks, but I hadn't caught any Andrew fish that were very Garrett girthy, and I was getting more frustrated with every Nico LeCastro. Plus, I wish someone Coda Hatfield warned me about the A.J. Risley bear prowling around, but it's still Greg Hosfeld great just to be out there. About that time, though, my sister rang the mat bell for lunch, which meant it was time for me to Christina Lint to come home. So I Alex rustled up my gear and started a Ken Climb of the Big Hill back to our Zach Arling house. When I'd gone about a half a mile seaborne, I came up to the Zoe Andyke and heard a huge Ellen Wig boom like somebody had just tom shot a Missy Gannon. Turns out, Harold Duval it was, was somebody shooting their double Anthony Barella shotgun at a stork Roddick on the other side of the Vanessa Van Dyken. But it flew off and went to Henna Blomroos in a cow crab tree. I still needed to get Sarah Hokum, so I picked up my Dave Dunapace as I was Kevin Jonesen to get back for lunch. You know, meal times with my family is something that I, Joe, revere. And I don't know what would Marty Happner if I missed out on the Terry Rothless burgers with a Honey Cameron Cole Glazer and Chandler fries that we were having. So I Andrew Press nailed on. 
Suddenly I came up to a fallen Eric Oakley tree that had Paul Ulibarried the path. And when I tried to jump over it, one of the Logan Bowers cut my Grady shoe and I fell flat on my Jeff's face. So now my leg's stuck. I've torn my Adam hammies and my arm had landed in a patch of Jessica Weiss and it was covered in Chris Dickers and stuff. And on top of all that, I would have bet a mad dollar that I had dropped a Seppo Paiu in my brand new kale of viscas and then made a Cam Messerschmitt. Come on, dude. Too far. Listen, Brody Smith, just you Philo Brathwaite. Okay, there's much Callie McMore, and this is the Paul Macbeth part. I didn't know if I had the Brian Earhart to go on, but I knew I was too Heather Young to die. You know, I normally think where there's a Will Shoestrick, there's a way, but my normal sense of positivity was really Zach Melton. So as I'm laying there, and listen, I would not make this up, okay? I consider myself a good Christian Dietrich. I'd never touch the Andrew Marweed, and lying is something that I wouldn't Justin Billa do. <laughs> so as I'm laying there, I hear the page-piercing cry of an Eagle McMahon that emerged out of a sunbeam and landed right in front of me, which made my heart Luke Humph freeze. It looked me right in my KJ Naibo and said, which means you can do this. Be the Haley King that I know amites me you are. I took that as a Paul Omen that I was gonna be a Joel Freeman soon and nothing was gonna Timbar on my way. At that point, I was des redding to get back home and you'd be surprised the Cal Klein of extra motivation you can get when your leg's stuck with a Josh Anton trying to bite your Stancil Johnson. So I took Ezra Adderhold of my Ricky Wysocki and pulled as hard as I could. And at Holly Finley came John Halka, the page shoe, and I half-limped half Madison Walker the rest of the way home. Sadly, when I got home, my mom had decided to lease a fake us out and make Brian Schweberger's instead, which, when life gives you Chris Clemens, you know? I let out a sad Simon Lazat and started a Mike Mosher over to the table when my mom told my sister, hey, would you be a Nathan Queen and Austin Hanum the soap? He's filthy and I'm worried about big germs. After I'd eaten a bit, I felt Dave Greenwell enough to tell him what had happened, and I definitely felt I'd Devin Owens them an explanation for my Kristen Tatard clothes. My sister thought my story was James Conrad, but my mom called me a spacey Casey White and said I was lucky we weren't at the James Proctor's office. Just then, my dad got home and made quite the entrance as he tripped over the welcome mat orm and kicked the Cat Allen into my uh, Drew Gibson guitar. I think he Dave Feldberg sorry for me a little bit, because he said, why don't we all go play disc golf Tom Monroe morning? which Nate Perkins me right up. So let me finish this Yale story by saying that disc golf is the greatest game ever. Because for one thing, it keeps people from sitting around on their Valerie Doss all day, and sexing each other and whatnot, and gets them out in nature, where they can bury Schultz their problems and take in the Reed Frescura air. Emerson Keith name drops in that story, huh? You know, I didn't want a Jordan Castro too wide of a net, but my sister wrote that, and I told her she has to crisscross at least 100 names off the list before I'd let her Steve Reed go home. Comment below with your favorite famous disc golfer reference, and if this video made you smile, please consider sharing it with somebody you think might appreciate it. All right, I'm Evelina Salin and off, but before I go, I want to prove to you that I actually missed that putt in the video on purpose. Dang it. Okay, so that video, it was making us laugh. It was good. It was really good. So That's so beyond it. <laughs> creative oh yeah like, so so let's do this without further ado we're actually going to bring in the uh the i guess the man behind us so let's go ahead and bring him in right about now his name is tyler brickley how you doing man hey what's up guys nick matt simon yes, glad to be up, here dude. good to see you so where do we even start man like my brain i love creating and i thought that was extremely 
creative? Where did this all, uh, in, where was this all inspired from? Um, about three weeks ago, my boss said, hey, do you want to do something fun for Thanksgiving? Just kind of lighthearted, kind of feel good, you know, disc golf world um, and just have fun with it. Just do whatever you want within reason. And uh, yeah, I had seen a video like this a few years ago. I'm not really, I'm not really funny or creative. I just consume a lot and I'm really good at ripping off other people's ideas. So there's actually a video called the greatest hunting story ever told still let the cat out of the bag. I have to go check that out. Gotcha. <laughs> um, same idea. So I went to a coffee shop and just started, uh, writing down names. I'd like to tell you that I had like a couple in my head and we just took a camera out and we just started filming and it just kind of all came to me. But, that's not uh, how it worked. That's not how it works. No. So did you, you share a lot of? Did you share the uh, blooper reel with anybody? Was that is that public? It is. It's on my channel. So if you click on my little face down there, Tyler Brickley and friends, after this broadcast, obviously, <laughs> um, the blooper reel is there, so you can see some of the we might show it. antics. I have to check that out. Oh, okay. sure. have it. Okay, yeah. so let's do let's do a quick pause. And we're going to go ahead and okay. pull that up right now. It's worth it. Here oh, we wow. Go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, come on, man. Here it comes. Three. <laughs> come on. Uh, what, what's going on here? Next. Once upon an Albert Tom, I was fishing in the crazy John Brooks, but I hadn't caught any fish that were any Andrew fish. Okay, crap. But I hadn't caught any Andrew fish that were very Garrett girthy, and I was getting more frustrated with every Jordan Castro. About that time, my sister rang the bat bell for lunch, and holy heck, what the <laughs> skip <laughs> Why'd you do that? Skip. And plus, I wish somebody would have coda. Oh, putter. But it's still Greg Huss felt great just to be out there. Disc. Oh, I was getting more frustrated with every Nico LaCastro. Also, I wish someone coda Hatfield warned me about the Levant. Need a putter. <laughs> About that time, my sister rang the mat bell for lunch, which meant it was time for me to Christina Lent to come home. So, I, so, crap. About, so what I did was, here, walk with me. I'll tell you what I did. I Alex rustled up my gear. I don't know why you gotta be judging me about it. I had to go home. My sister just ma rang the Matt Bell for lunch. If you get it right one time, then we could all go home. This is the time. This is it. I'm gonna remember the putter. I'm gonna not, I'm gonna remember what I did when my sister rang Are you gonna remember the putter? No, I'm gonna yeah. no, I can't forget it because it's right there. Okay. All right, here we go. Risley bear. I was okay. prowling around. Seriously? But, and about that time, no, I had it. I had it. I saved it. It was fine. Freaking Don't throw your mock light training baskets, folks. DGA does not endorse or take ownership of any damage caused due to frustrating video shoots. So Alex rustled up my gear and started to Ken Climo the big hill back to our Zach Arling house. Then what? Why am I what happened so, then? This is the first time in three days that I'm like so blank. That's because you got a camera pointed at your totally. noggin. Just somebody shooting their double Anthony Barella shotgun at a stork rodic on the other side of the, on the other side of the, well, you know, it was on the other side. It was just on the other side. 
they've been uh, shooting for a long time. One of them actually went through a spell of shooting up, but you know, they got him some counseling and got him through that. Now they're just shooting at, on the other side of the Vanessa Van Dyken. I think we can cut. I think we can just, I think we can I've, use this. It's usable. Don't make me do it again. At that point, I was des ready to get out of there. Son of a gun, that's not the line. <laughs> You're a failure. <laughs> failure. Oh my, I'm a failure. We have mechanical failure. I thought I saved it because I set a line out of order, but I changed the little articles up to fit. Why'd you do that? To get it, so I like got it back in place. Right. Well, but then when it came to move on to the next part, I completely blanked. Well, they can bury Schultz their problems and take in the Reed Frescura air. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> That's almost as good as when Simon hits a trick shot after trying for like three or four hours, right, Simon? <laughs> oh, man. I can't even imagine. <laughs> I am so beyond impressed with that clip because I've been obviously in front of the camera many, many times trying to promote Discmania merch or the next mystery box or anything like that. And I have like three or four lines to say. And if there's a camera in your face <laughs> and you know your lines, like you say the first line and then you mess up. And then you say two lines, you mess up. Then you say, yeah. you, and you forget your first line. And uh, I don't know how many lines you had there total, probably like a hundred ish. Yeah. But uh, yeah. two pages. I, I can't. Two pages worth. I just. I I know that I would never ever have the the skills and the memory to do what what you did there. And it's I, just dedication. Yeah. So you just have to have a significant disregard for quality time with your family. <laughs> you know, if you can put all that aside for about three days, anybody yeah. can do this. You can do this, kids. Just don't be a good person for a while. And... <laughs> so Nick and I, Nick and I were doing a, um, a, a midweek. We usually do our show, but instead we created content called Nick versus Matt stroke play on the disc golf course. And I think a camera on me and I could be wrong. Maybe I just am that horrible at disc golf, but a camera on me made me forget how to play disc golf. I swear. So it was, yep. it was people's exposure. Their first exposure to me on the course was like, wow. Matt only knows how to throw force, like force, force over backhands. Yeah. <laughs> He's got that Nikola Castro kind of style. He just wants to throw overstable stuff <sighs> on a nanny. How, so, many, how many views has that gotten over the platforms now? Do you know, Tyler? 20-something thousand, which is great. Hey, thanks for your share, by the way. Simon. Yeah, I mean, I saw that. That's My probably mind was 18,000 of them right there. <laughs> I mean, that was the easiest share of the year for me. So uh, I was extremely, <laughs> I just, you. as you said at the end of the video, definitely made me smile. And I think everyone that watched it and watched the whole thing and then turned it off after the first second uh, yeah. definitely appreciated it. And it's so sad that a video that good doesn't get as many views as as if I put up a stupid video that takes me 30 minutes to make. And that's just, I, I, I hate yeah. that. It could kind of build it, up. Some well, of it so, is, and, and Tyler, you probably know this. Some of it is, it's just the, the algorithms of social media. It's like incredibly intense. Like it helps that Simon no. shares it. Of course. Mm -hmm. That um, has nothing to do with it. It's the Illuminati. <laughs> that's that's they're, all it is. They're out to get me. The fraud. They let 20,000 views slip through somehow. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And so I, I do want, I don't, we don't want to miss this fact. You're with DGA. Um, what's your role there right. with DGA? Uh, I make funny name pun videos <laughs> exclusively now. I'm just going to be doing one of those a week. Actually, that I think I just passed out. That sounds terrible. 
<laughs> I do not want to do another one of these videos, maybe ever. Except, yeah. Nick, I'm so sorry that I didn't put your name in there. Hey, you know, I wasn't going to say Carl, anything on the podcast. It was you when sad? you were done. I was going to say, you know what? This freaking guy did not Let's even do put it. me Guys, in. Guys, where can we, where can we put Nick? Someone, okay, Nick, something Ken, like Carl. pick. Ken, Ken, I went to Ken, my Ken, pick go, Nick go, or something. Go up to Ken Chapman. Right. A, couple, a couple chats. He actually had a really Hold on a kind of funny. I got one. all my windows. It's going. Like ten chats. My dad. So just then my dad pulled up in his Nick Carl and he tripped over our welcome Matt Orem and kicked the cat Allen into the, it can go right there. Pulled up Perfect. Nick Carl. Yeah, we're going to have to re-edit everything. Redo it. Put that in it. <laughs> you put, I'm telling you, you put Nick Carl in it, instead of 22,000 views, you'll have 17,000 views. And that's <laughs> so what we want. <laughs> so can I tell you, I started with the PDGA's top 100 okay. disc golfers names. That's mm -hmm. kind of the base that we started from. And then we added here and there. Um, and I That's knew weird. there I was going to be names. I and, just you know. knew there was going to be names when we released it and people would comment. I was like stealing myself against that. And still when they came, they really hurt. So like Eric McCabe. Oh yeah. Uh, Kona Panis. There, there's a few names, Calvin Heimberg, mm -hmm. oh, uh, they didn't make man. it and, uh, yeah. should have. Ken, Ken had wrote Sorry. Christmas Carl's and Graham crackers. <laughs> <laughs> So that, you I, you're answering the questions we were going to ask. That's beautiful. We were going to ask, uh, how did you choose which names? And that's cool to know you started with the top 100 and then you followed up with another follow-up question, which was, who did we miss? Um, and can I say this though, just from the perspective of, um, listening to that, that was probably, I'm going to be honest. That was probably my seventh or eighth time that I actually watched it fully through. And I, cause I oh, liked wow. it. And I would say that, um, every single time, just about every single time I hear a new name. Like it's, it's a lot for your brain to process sometimes. There's one sne super sneaky one and he's actually team DGA. It's one of the best puns that fits in there. But did you guys catch Shasta's name? Shasta Chris. Mm. I'm not I sure did. that I did. Nope. You're going to have to rewatch it now. I even had people comment afterwards like, dude, you're team DGA. Why wasn't Shasta in there? And I'm like, no, he is <laughs> oh, at right. like four minutes and something. He's in that end part where I'm that second scene he's You're gonna in have there to make a like lyric all, video. all the words just fit so well that he just slips right through nice you'll have to make a lyric video so everyone can uh see exactly oh. what you said no thank you for that let me let me use that to kind of plug the contest we're doing along Ooh. with this um we actually made a blog post on our website that has the full script like in word form so if you want to go check those out and every Ooh. single name is hyperlinked to the player's pdga page so you could also get to know those. If you have a name that you didn't recognize too well, you can go learn a little bit about them. And we are going to give away one of those mock light baskets on Thanksgiving mm. day. So go to DG, go sub to DGA's YouTube. That has nothing to do with the contest. That's just, that's for me. Thank you. <laughs> um, but go to our Facebook page, go to DGA disc golf on Facebook and like comment and share that video. It's pinned to the top. You can't miss it. And you're automatically entered to win one of those baskets we're going to give away on Thanksgiving Day. That was a sweet looking basket too. I hadn't seen that color combo yet. That was really cool. Those are yeah, those are new for this for this uh, holiday season. Oh man, there's too much chillness so, going yeah, on here. But well, so besides <laughs> for making you know incredible videos through DGA, what else do you do? How long have you been a part of their company? What kind of what is your main job there? Um, well, it all started when I was a young boy and I saw Simon Lazat throw a disc for the first time. And I thought that's what I need to do with my life. And, uh, Is that real? I quickly realized that I can't, I can throw just as far as Simon, just so you guys know, I just, I choose not to, cause it's like, it embarrasses people, yeah. you know, when you play with them, 
they feel so small. And so I just, usually I only throw like 315, 320, just cut it in half. Uh, but so now I've been with DGA for a guy. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Simon asked a question, and it, yeah. I don't want to glance over it. Is that is any of that true? <laughs> um, no. Yes, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't throw as far as Simon. I I have been inspired by Simon for go. several years now. That's very true. Um, st- starting with your trick shot videos, you gave me a happy birthday shout out one mm. time. You were like my first, um, superstar you know, like fanboy experience. Cause you were on Terry's show and I was in the chat and you said happy birthday to me. And I was like, recorded it and showed all my friends, Simon Lazar said happy birthday to me, oh which is crazy. God. Cause now I'm even a bigger star than you. And you know, here we are just a few years later. It's crazy what the internet. Well, can do. My, my birthday was two days ago and I didn't get a shout out. Oh, happy birthday, Simon. I recorded that. <laughs> <laughs> so full circle. So tell us because honestly, in, you probably, maybe you don't hear this a lot. It, it, you should hear this a lot. You're very funny. And I know that you have some tie or you started up disc golf Thanks. comedy. Um, yeah. My first exposure to you was, I think, probably through your YouTube channel and Ricky the Bum Toucher. I, uh, <laughs> like, just straight up. Um, how about the, like, <laughs> Excuse the whole. Excuse me, what? <laughs> the Australian, Ricky the Bum Toucher. Uh, the whole Australian. Nick, Nick doesn't know what you're talking no. about. So the first time that I exposed <laughs> myself to Matt. Whoa. Was the first time I was bomb. exposed. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's a whole. Okay. Don't, uh, <laughs> actually, don't look it up. <laughs> so, oh, so, God. like, so disc golf comedy. And um, honestly, I've laughed very hard at the videos where you talk about like the I'm better than everybody Paul McBeth jacket and all that stuff. Like it to me is hilarious. And um, can I just ask, you know, before we send you out, like how long have you been doing disc golf comedy, the the accents and all that stuff? Where did it where did it start? Um, and how is that going for you separate from DGA? Well, it's probably part of it, too, but separate as his own entity. Yeah, actually, that's a really poignant question because of this video. My boss and I have talked for a while about me being able to merge some of, I just love making funny videos. I've always loved making funny videos. I've done it for 10 plus years for different companies. Um, And we've talked about how draining it can be to do video full time. You know, for DGA, I'm recording videos of discs and and gear and, and baskets and stuff like that, our team. And then to try and find some extra energy on the evenings and weekends to keep disc golf comedy going, you know, that's been kind of hard, but I still love making funny videos for people. Um, And the funny videos is what got me discovered by DGA in the first place. I got a call that same Ricky, the bum toucher video (laughs) (laughs) got me a call from Scott Kesey, the GM of uh, DGA. And he was just like, Hey, what are you doing? Do you want to do some part-time work for us? And it's grown from there. I've been full-time with them for about a year now. That's, um, but the, it's transitioning into me having a platform to be able to do some funny stuff like during work hours. And so we've made a couple kind of test videos to see how people would respond to them. The, the hurricane versus uh the unnamed disc mm-hmm. that we released uh a while ago was the first one and that went well and then this one is the next one so i think if people continue to respond well i can actually be making funny stuff as part of my job with dga in addition to all the other stuff that i need to do to keep the content coming so i'm super excited about that it's really amazing to have a company that gives you that space mm-hmm. so 
Thanks, DGA. And again, so sorry, guys. Please, after this video, go sub to our YouTube channel because mm. that's where it's all gonna gonna be. Definitely. Where? What's the YouTube channel called? Just for everyone to DGA know. Disc Golf. Okay, DGA Disc Golf on YouTube. Subscribe to them right after you subscribe to Simon Lazai, and then right after you subscribe to the Nick and Matt Show. Simon, Boom. Simon doesn't need any more subscribers. <laughs> Come on, the rich get He's richer. Got like Come hundred million. Yeah, you know. Uh, I, I totally think that uh, I will definitely. I'm not subbed to DGA yet, but now after I've heard this, I will definitely gonna go and sub because I don't want to miss any of that content. I know, right? That was awesome. It's funny that That's was awesome. actually the first time I watched it, and Matt had told me that we were potentially gonna air this video and we wanted to talk about it because it's a, such a cool thing, and so I purposely did not watch it because I wanted to get a live reaction of it, and I was I was think, blown did away. You, did I just you hate it. No, I, I'm, Are you I'm I, I mean, a good way. So. It was really, really good, but my name wasn't in it. So, like, I cannot say it was great. I'm just, I got to be honest. I Here I am the whole time. I'm like, okay, how is he going to use my name? I can't wait Where's, for this. Where like, I'm, I'm coming up. I'm coming up. Where am I at? Yeah, exactly. No, and then, and then Matt said the video's done. And so then I'm like, wait, I didn't hear my name, though. All right. So now I'm kind of sad. Listen to it another three or four times. You'll probably hear it in there somewhere. I'm telling you, every time I listen, I hear a different name. So... I would say to the same thing that Simon just said, it, people go over there and subscribe. It'll help him out. I, I'll say it again. I, I don't care who knows the world can hear it. I love your stuff. I think it's awesome. Uh, totally funny. Me and me and my um, 10 year old son, we joke while we're out on the course. We'll be like, you're going to be Ricky the bum toucha. And like, we do this stuff. And like, so like, it's a thing you made, dude. That's we appreciate awesome. it at the very least. And hopefully you know our 10 other followers and subscribers will move over there. <laughs> i got to ask ricky about if he'd ever seen that video at ddo it's like have you ever if i said the phrase ricky the bum toucher to you would that mean anything to you and he looked at me like i was a serial killer and he laughed he was like i have no idea i'm like good well you know don't sub to my channel but how does how does like he not me. know how does he not know like he would feel like that'd be something also ricky would Ricky literally laughs at everything. Oh yeah, he, he probably thought it was like the best he's, thing in the world. He's one of the, off the course. Ricky is just one of the goofiest, funniest guy to hang out with because he just always laughs. It's the, it's the it's the best. Oh yeah. All right. So did we miss anything you want to promote there, Tyler? Um, if not, yeah, we're do, gonna... do a shameless plug once more. Yeah, once Tell more. everyone where can they find you? Where they where can well, they find you? I plugged YouTube all the channel? important stuff. My PayPal is Tyler Brickley at <laughs> if you guys just want to send. Oh, sorry. Plug for DGA or uh, yeah. <laughs> you pick. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But yeah, we we I really appreciate you guys letting me come on and uh, giving these giving the video a platform, giving it a voice. Um, it's awesome. It's gonna get some views and some subscriptions because of this and we will be supporting what you guys are doing over here in return totally appreciate it tyler glad to have you on tonight we'll do it again in the future um keep coming out with the content we'll definitely have you back very <laughs> so, nice Simon, to meet you for the first time distance contest distance. soon yeah well i really want one one last question for tyler you have like this spinning disc behind you and i love it yes. and i want to know how how does that work like what is that mechanism um, that is a $30 product display table that I got from Amazon and spray painted black and spent about four super frustrating hours cussing at it while I tried to get the disc to balance up on there. I, I think um, I'm going to steal that from you at some point. 
Yeah, it's super fun. Now, that's the new uh, DGA Glow Blowfly. We're bringing back the Glowfly, and for the first time ever, a Glow Blowfly uh, this Black Friday. So stay tuned for those. Very wow, nice. thanks, so, guys. We're just hawking our wares here. I really appreciate yeah, this. Wait, this hold on. So what's, what's the best driver DGA has to offer? <laughs> Don't just go down <laughs> to all the... To me or to everybody else, because I love the Torrent. It's a true 14-speed... It's a little, it's similar to like a Raider-ish type disc. It's super fast, Matt, super easy to throw. Sounds like a disc. It doesn't so get as much. No, no, no. Matt, Matt Bell <laughs> yeah. throws a mid-range. Is it the Squall? It's like a. He doesn't. Here's something. This this will tell you two things in one. Matt Bell is such a pro. Mm -hmm. He does not throw the torrent because he says it goes too far. Like it's. <laughs> wow. He's one of those. Yeah. He's one of those guys who's like, I need to know exactly my distance, you know? Like, I, I don't want a disc that can just go as far as it possibly can. I want a disc that's going to go exactly where I want it to go and then stop, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, dude, that's because uh, I'm like, I'm an intermediate guy who's like, I want to throw it 65 feet past the basket. I would be like, do you guys see that? That was awesome. Uh... <laughs> dude, that's a good point. I love I, it. Yeah. I told you, Nick, I told you he is funny man like I'm, I'm loving it we're gonna have to have him on again all right when we, when we need like a pick-me-up episode if everyone's depressed uh, we're just boom tyler's the man yes <laughs> i'm down for it anytime cool totally cool man we will have you back and uh wherever are you in central time right now you're probably an hour behind us you you had dinner or you don't either way oh you do video I game am. stuff you're getting back to your video games your rocket league yeah yeah i gotta get back to work <laughs> all right man good having you we'll catch up again another time Thanks, guys. Peace. All right. Bye. So. I'm totally going to try to play video games with him soon because I love video games. You ever get into Rocket League? Anybody? No, I actually haven't played that yet. Casey was telling me all about it. Him and a couple of our buddies play. And uh, I've actually I've never played Rocket League. I am not going to lie. I'm going to nerd out for a second. <laughs> love. Love. I've loved for probably 10 years now. World of Warcraft. Um, I've been off and on playing that. At one point, I was actually like skipping school just to play with my guild all day because we were doing like raids till <laughs> that's six, we were that's doing rough. raids till like six in the morning, and it was great, and I loved it, and I'm super proud of saying that. Just kidding, no, I'm not. <laughs> but anyways, back to disc golf. Uh, okay. We're not talking about wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was awesome. I, I really think that was awesome. Um, yeah, that was super fun. So here's a few other topics just to keep it moving along. Phil Arthur. I don't know what you know about him. The name rings a bell. Phil Arthur. He's um, he was the guy behind the start of Prodigy. And and Simon may know more about this than me. I'm assuming in general the disc golf world. Um, but that's my understanding is he was the Prodigy founder creator of Prodigy back yeah. when they were like, our whole plan is to give people a salary to play disc golf and we're gonna make discs to do it. Um, he announced a week or two ago that he's moving on officially away in which um it, we're getting deep in the weeds here but it's seppo right his family um they're a part of prodigy disc europe right but i think i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure that that's what happened here phil arthur gave it all now it's all owned by them as in he moved on he's no longer part yeah. of prodigy so that's just gotcha. news that came up yeah. um he said he's gonna start like disc golf brands or branding like did you see anything about this or am i I read I read Phil's post. I read the interview that Ulti World did with him. Um, Phil has actually been messaging me directly on Instagram a couple times in the last couple of weeks, um, just regarding my injury and regarding uh, 
my YouTube channel and stuff, and he he pretty much said straight up to me that he wants to work with me in any way possible in the future, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I've always been a fan of Phil. He's a he's a cool guy. He's been in disc golf forever. He yeah. knows a lot about the sport. And there's a great video of him playing a skins match with Climo. Phil Arthur, Dave Felberg, and Avery Jenkins. And Phil Arthur is actually very ambidextrous and throw very well, like, lefty backhand. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Which I thought was super cool because I'm actually in one of your vlogs, me, you, and Casey, when we're at old Greg's house, and I attempt to throw lefty a couple times, and it's not not very good You're at not. all. No, it's... I uh, know Phil Arthur. So, yeah, I think he has, he has only good intentions, and he wants to grow the sport and give everyone a chance that can get a chance, and... Um, I'm looking forward to see what he's gonna do, but I, I'm, I'm, I definitely don't know enough about yeah. what he's doing behind the scenes to talk like what it actually is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a lot of incredible ideas in disc golf that take a lot to become into fruition. Like I think one of the biggest things was the uh, the agency that had started up what about two or three years ago. That disc golf agency, the couple of guys who mm-hmm. wanted to be agents for the top pro disc golfers. And it was just like this incredible idea and something that disc golf, I think, will need eventually is agents talking to different sponsors about how much their player is worth. And um, it kind of just fizzled out over the years. It wasn't really put into full motion. Five years or 10 years too early. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. And I think, yeah, I would I would definitely say five years too early. And I think I, I definitely want to talk about this tonight about the off-season sponsorships that are happening. I think this is kind of a good turning point into that. Uh, multiple players have already signed multiple-year deals, and one of them being a fellow crush boy to Simon. Eagle McMahon signed a three-year deal. So yep. what's that put you to 2023, maybe 2020? Mm-hmm. No, would it technically be 2024 though? No, it's to- it'd be tw- well, yes, it's all the way through, through 2023. 2023. Okay, okay, so all the way through 2023, Eagle just re-signed with Discmania, which I think is very incredible. Um, I actually texted him trying to get a couple words out of him, but I haven't heard back yet. Um, just to kind of hear his excitement, his opinion on it, maybe some insights of what went down. But congratulations from the Nick and Matt show um, to Eagle. <laughs> one for- one day it might actually matter, Nick, yeah, from exactly. the Nick and. <laughs> nah. but um, you're getting there. Yeah. So one of the things uh, along with the Phil Arthur topic, right before we move out of that, he mentioned that he wants to, he says a line of discs focused specifically on scoring. Now I had to have a chuckle when I heard that because to myself, I'm thinking, isn't that what all disc manufacturers are trying to do? Like make discs to help you score. And that's how I read it, but it's not bad marketing to say like, that's what I'm going to do. These discs are going to help you in a new way. Um, so he's already starting that, but he's not quite sure what that means. I think he says it's just, it's, it's dreaming. I think it's his vision right now to, mm-hmm. to in the next, I think he said even 10 years or so, it's kind of a plan to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Uh, so Nick, you mentioned deals that are going down, mm-hmm. uh, Brody Smith, Brody Smith. And it's awesome. I actually, I don't know if he's in the chat right now, but, <laughs> uh, Brody called me just before the show and wanted to say, you know, pretty much his excitement. Um, he originally signed with Discraft for one year. That was last year's contract, or technically this year's. And they just saw a ton of growth. You know, Discraft put their faith in him, where he has a big social media outing, and um, or an outlet, I should say. And Brody had put his faith in Discraft to create some pretty awesome discs. Um, the Dark Horse line came through in the disc golf world, and they both just saw a lot of positives. There really wasn't any negatives towards it. 
So a two-year deal with Brody Smith. He's super excited, super blessed. He's very, very thankful to the fans who have brought him in a good way into disc golf, and uh, he loves it. The dude's out there trying hard right now. Good luck to Brody in your tournament this weekend. But, um, yeah, so he's another two-year, multiple-year deal. Can I say, and um, I'll ask Simon, too, here a little bit something, but can I just say that he was so adamant about knowing your worth as a player and like getting paid. Like that was like, I think Simon, you actually jumped in the chats for a portion of that yeah. show. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you heard it all, but, but Brody was really going hard on like, Hey, you need to get paid. Don't do deals where like you only make money of this. He's going down this whole thing. And I'm thinking to myself, how much did he sign for then? Because I don't take, I don't take him as a player. That's just like, okay, disc sales, unless, mm -hmm. unless he goes, I do know my value. And it's not necessarily in the top, top pro tier, but I bring a lot of eyes. So maybe either way, I think he had to have signed for a good salary. Yeah. That's my, that's my opinion. We don't need to talk about it, what the inside scoop is, Nick. Remember that? Mm -hmm. We're going to ask you. I what raised you know. my hand. Just kidding. No, I, uh, I definitely don't know that. I didn't ask him any salary based question, but I would definitely say that he probably signed for something. Yeah, I'm sure. That's uh, Simon. What I would yeah. say. Talking about how much people sign for. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> how much um, do you how, make a week? How many years left do you have? Do you know that? Is it in the forefront of your brain? Like, okay, my contract's coming to an end. Like, when is Yeah, that? I signed a five-year contract two years ago. So mine's also through 2023. Oh. And with, with all that talk, it's like, it's so hard to put a number on what you're worth, especially you personally telling yourself, I'm worth this. Like, mm -hmm. it's And especially in the disc golf scene where everyone's contract is private, no yeah. one knows what anyone yeah. makes. I mean... I know maybe half of the disc golf contracts kind of ish out of the, all the pros. Um, mm -hmm. The whole Eagle signing thing was a huge process. Many phone calls between me and Eagle and UC Eagle and and myself mm -hmm. um, trying to figure it out because obviously Eagle is one of the, the young best top three players in the world right now with endless potential mm -hmm. and a great worth ethic as well. So uh, he got, other companies wanted to uh, give him a little bit uh, there mm -hmm. and uh, mm. made life not very fun and easy for this mania and me yeah. for a while because yeah. Eagle just called me every pretty much every day, like last week and two weeks ago, and uh, just was like, dude, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, wow. this is crazy. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't want to leave Discmania, but it's like just crazy numbers. I mean... Obviously, I can't. I can't actually say the numbers because that's where we're at in the sport. But yeah, I know, right? Um, it was it was pretty intense, and I'm so happy he decided to stay. And this mania was able to uh, work it out and work around some of the issues that he had. So uh, no, it's good to have the the second crush boy mm -hmm. still uh, on the team with us. And I think um, it was very important for this mania to hold on to Eagle because of yeah. the plans we have for the future, mm -hmm. and just with his potential, we don't want to let go of that right now. Two questions follow up on that. One, did I overhear you say, okay, other companies were coming for Eagle? And then did you also say you as well? Or is that because you were part of those emails? No, I was, Eagle was just calling me pretty much every other day and just talking me through what was, what was, what he was thinking about. And he didn't tell me every little detail of the offers he got and what Discmania was offering as well. Like, I don't know 100% what Discmania offers Eagle. Mm -hmm. um, but I know, like, the general uh, numbers and the general benefits. But, uh, no, he just called me and kept me in the loop, and I thought that was awesome. It was great to be, like, yeah. a friend at the same time as I'm, like, a yeah. 
team partner and I'm a competitor at the same time, like yeah. all at once. But uh, yeah, at the end of the day, we kind of just want the best for each other. And we, he obviously also, this was actually a big uh, thing also that he doesn't want to feel like Discmania values him more than Discmania values me. Mm-hmm. Because if you have like two guys in the same company, same sponsors, like going head to head, and I've been there for a couple more years, I have more social media following than he does, but he's been beating me at like 80% of the tournaments in the last two years. So it's like, it's just hard to uh, just find the perfect balance between who gets what and how do we treat everyone fair, especially with the crush boy race up front there. Man. So then the the second follow-up to that, and then Nick, hold on to that, is you said right before that, you're like, I think I know maybe what like 50% of like the top pros are getting. Without saying names and companies, would you feel comfortable telling us like a round number? Like, or like, is there are most are fifty percent of the players getting a salary? Um, probably not. Not no. a salary. Yeah. What percentage do you think? So, if you take a hundred pros, how many do you think are getting a salary? Um, a salary based on nothing but them being alive, playing disc golf. Maybe twenty five. And I feel like that's pushing. That's it. Nick's guess. I I say fifteen. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. I think twenty five is pushing it, but I think maybe, maybe. I could be. I could be totally wrong, guys. Yeah. I'm, same. I'm I, just, uh, that's definitely not a hard known. You know, hard known fact. Um, yeah. I think we were kind of talking about earlier. Uh, disc golf is so secretive right now with their contracts, and Drew Gibson had actually wanted to make a video if people would go and talk to him about their contract, and he didn't want to like out anyone. He wasn't going to talk crap about companies. It was literally he just wants to like. He wants people to know what they are worth, and he wants to help people with that kind of bargaining chip of, you know, hey, this is what I'm worth, and I'm not getting paid what I think nearly enough. And a company could say, well, yeah, you're definitely not worth that. You know, goodbye. Go find someone else. And another company might take that player and say, we're so happy that happened in a sense to you because now we get to give you everything that we really wanted to. I think disc golf in the next three to five years definitely will become more of a public forum when it comes to player salaries and benefits and everything like that you can you can look up lebron james and figure out every single incentive that he has with all the different sponsorships that he has what he made for winning the nba finals this year you know what his yearly salary is i think eventually you know that's going to happen and i would say who was the first player to do that was paul with the um four-year million dollar deal that he had signed with discraft a few years back that was kind of, I would say, the first publicly known contract in disc golf. Yeah. I didn't know it was public, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that one, that was, I, maybe it wasn't. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it was. But uh, I, I hope so. Someone tell me if it wasn't public because uh, now I'm screwed. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He's, it is. It's public that he re-signed with Discraft. I don't know. I haven't read anything. Who? Wait, when is this? When is this? contract up so he signed he signed with discraft in early 2019 because he was finishing out his contract with um Innova. Innova in 2018 so he signed in 2019 and signed a four-year deal so 19 2021 so till 2022 hannah's in the chat right now hannah by any chance do you know hi by the way she says hi i i'm completely confused uh, right now i'm sorry he, I might he be... signed he signed till 2022 okay and he signed so his contract pick- wasn't even up no okay so wrong yeah, page, still, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Apologize. <laughs> Dude, don't listen to Simon here. about these things. You heard yeah. it here. So, so, so obviously contracts are a big talking point. And what's interesting about the sport world, we're so used to in sports. That's that's normal territory to talk about what's made the value of a player 
is usually compared in dollars, their value as a player in dollars. In the disc golf world, what is it going to take for that to happen? It's going to be a lot more years. Or if, if honestly, if Paul Macbeth comes out and says, hey, guys, I made uh, a million in four years, which that was the contract. That was big blockbuster. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then he comes out and goes, that was nothing. And he says, now here's what I make. Mm -hmm. And it's just going to be this weird spread between, okay, now he's going to come out and say, and I'm saying this hypothetically, he's going to come out and say, now I'm making so much more. And other people are still like, I can't even talk about like, like yeah. I'm like number four in the world and I'm getting disc sales. Like wh what is it going to take? Simon. Now it's, it's interesting having Simon here in studio because Simon is, he um, makes disc sales. <laughs> just I just want to say my point of view is that I would love for it to be public, but probably because I don't really understand what it would what would happen if everything mm -hmm. was public. Well, mm -hmm. I talked to UC about this many times. I, I asked him if I can make my contract public, just to see what happens and just to get the ball rolling that everything's yeah. public. Um, but he told me like, no, no, no. If you do that, <laughs> then like this guy will come here, and then that guy will say to that company like this, and this looks like makes that. Like, why do I I don't make this? And it will just be a huge fight. And there won't be many positives from it. <laughs> Maybe we need some fighting. Kidding. No, I, uh, I, so Chuck Kennedy had wrote, unless a sponsor is a public company, it's unlikely they will allow contracts to be public. Now, I don't 100% know what that exactly entails. I don't know the public versus private companies and sponsorships, how all of that works. Um, yeah, a lot of companies are requiring players to sign um an nda mm -hmm. a non-disclosure agreement of just saying hey you are pretty much realistically not allowed to talk about this except for you know say simon is my sponsor simon sponsors me and says i'm gonna give you 25 million dollars a year and i'm like dude i'm only 990 i'm only 988 rated i don't deserve that and he's like no nah, i'm gonna do it but you gotta sign an nda but Okay, yep. and just for the sake of this conversation, <laughs> that was <sucks>. interesting. <laughs> but just for the sake of this conversation, to what Simon said in that conversation he's having, you know, with sponsors, like Paul Macbeth came out and did say, here's how much I'm making. Now, did that not cause fights because it was such a large amount and nobody felt like it, yeah, was, Paul it Macbeth, was so large? I, I hope most people know this. Paul Macbeth is in a league of his own Yeah, when it comes to playing on the course sometimes and especially when it comes to selling signature discs, getting views, and just uh, making money at this point. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. it's far beyond second place. I can, mm -hmm. I can, I think everyone knows that, realizes that. I think we've said it multiple times where it's like, Paul, you know, salary-wise and play-wise and all these, you know, business avenues, everything like that, Paul is way up here. And disc golfers are slowly, finally starting to kind of, like, catch on a little bit. But there's still, the rest of the disc golf world is still down here, in a sense. And, uh, which... It's hard to argue because five world titles and two USDGC titles. You definitely, you, no one should argue that. Like, no, no, no. And that's why you can't, you can't really make the argument. You know, Ricky has two world titles. He has two different, I think, signature series discs. Yeah. And uh, they sell. There's no doubt. Ricky's a great player. He's phenomenal. But you have five world titles versus two world titles versus, you know, one world title or one USDGC title, stuff like that. Um, You really you can't argue kind of where Paul's at with it. But I think with every other disc golfer now there's multiple players who had 
won you know multiple pro tour events this year chris dickerson won the usdgc kevin jones with the dgpt finals at the end of the year all these different kind of bargaining chips that they can go at with their company uh chris clemens just won a big a tier down in arkansas shout out to him and uh with a very stacked field mm-hmm. actually so i think every single tournament win that players are getting now especially with the competition of where disc golf is at because um, this year it was very hard to pick a tournament and say, yeah, that player's going to win this one. In years past, you were able to say, you know, like pretty much from Waco on, you would say, yeah, Paul's going to win that tournament of last year. This year, it was a toss up like Eagle could win this. Kevin Jones could win this. Lazat. Lazat could win this. Yeah. You know, no. until he blew out his help. No, I'm just kidding. So, Simon could win this. Paul. Okay. Ricky. I just. Cal- Calvin. I had this thought, Nick and Simon in, in the room here. Um. So if they're not allowed to say how much they're they're making, right? Let's say it's the, there is an NDA in place, which it sounds like there is for most of these players. I can see how the sport could benefit without players um, being able to announce that if the NDA doesn't roll over, obviously, to like a new sponsorship. So let's say, let's just go back to, um, I'm throwing, guys, I did not have any backroom conversations with Simon about this. I'm just going to go back hypothetically to this Eagle conversation. And I'm just going to pick uh, Dynamic Discs came to Eagle and was like, hey, Eagle, we're going to give you, and I'm just going to throw a number out there. We're going to give you $100,000 salary. And Eagle goes, oh, no, no. Disc Mania is giving me already 120000 The way that I see that working is at the very least, so let's say that happened. Eagle moves over to Dynamic Discs with a new salary because uh, they said, okay, we'll, we'll beat that at one hundred and thirty. Mm-hmm. Nobody had to hear about it, but yet the money transaction and the benefits that came with it were good. So now Discmania goes, we need to replace Eagle. And another player's coming over and they're going, I'm going to get a salary now. And it's it kind of, as long as players keep moving, I could see how that would become yeah. um, beneficial for the sport only because the money would then start to work out in places where it wasn't oh, yeah. already. Because because pe- manufacturers or sponsors are going to start to realize what it cost mm-hmm. to get a player. So then in that sense, I think the market would kind of, work itself out but we still wouldn't know what they're making yeah well i think one of the biggest things right now is disc sales you know like simon brought up earlier and you know take simon or eagle for example they come out with their different what was the last one you did the sky rider the pd2 swirly s line super cool looking i just saw a couple at simon's house but those sold out do you know how quick (laughs) i i I know where you're going with this but they (laughs) sold up in nine minutes (laughs) random number but uh the thing with disc golf this year was that even if it didn't have the Skyrider logo and my name on it, a new Swirly PD2 would have would also sold out yeah. in maybe 15 minutes. I agree. I Yeah, I think any new release with companies right now, but then, boom, you slap your name on it or you slap Eagle's name on it or whoever, a top player, and they're just going to sell out that, you know, that much more quickly. And then you start coming out with a consistent run of it like, uh, let's take Paul's buzzes now. He has the ESP buzz or the ESP force. And when you go to different pro shops, it's hard to find, especially the claw ones. Now you can't find them, but it's hard to find certain stock discs because of a player's name on them. You know, um, like Eagle P2s or Simon now Skyriders, they come out limited releases of them. So I think as companies see that now it's, you know, Calvin potentially, you know, say he leaves Innova for some odd reason. and some other company is saying, you know, hey, Calvin's obviously got a great name. He had a great year. 
Let's do everything we can to sponsor him, give him a good salary, disc sales, disc bonuses, everything like that. I think players over the last two years have started to make more of a name for themselves and are better have better bargaining chips for companies to actually set up a salary. Yeah, and I, especially for the top ten guys in the world. Every other player has players. every other player has a slightly different story behind it too. Mm-hmm. Like my value for Discmania, I see goes like way beyond signature disc sales because especially this year after the growth of my YouTube channel and my Instagram, my Instagram is actually almost at a hundred k followers mm-hmm. now too, which is yeah. mind blowing. And the my number one favorite messages I get is you inspired me to do blank. Like, whatever it is, that's always my number one thing. And right after that is pretty much, hey, man, I switched my whole bag to Discmania because yeah. you you throw Discmania and I love it. And that's pretty. That's potentially a lifetime customer for Discmania, which mm-hmm. obviously for me is at the same time also great. Yeah. Or um, people just saying, hey, I saw one of your videos by chance and uh, now I'm hooked to disc golf and which is, I don't know what they end up throwing, but it's obviously potentially maybe throwing what I'm throwing on yeah. in the videos. So I think it's it's just so hard to put a freaking number on what you're worth and trying to make an argument like, how many discs did Discmania sell because of me this year? Mm. Without my name on them. Probably a lot. <laughs> Probably maybe a lot, lot, but there's like no yeah. way to track or prove that. In and any so way right now. how do you play so hardball as a player? Because we got to put your name on every disc. Well, <laughs> there's a lot that goes into Perfect. this, right, Simon? I've never been in your situation, but there's a lot that goes into this to where you're, you're literally balancing. Well, how about this? I kind of have been in your situation, but a little different. I actually am employed like to drive nine to five type job, get a salary, right? And I have sometimes in the industry I'm in, I do have other companies reaching out to me saying, hey, do you want to come over here and work? And I go, hmm, let me think about this. And they go, we're going to give you some really good money. And I think, I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. And I'm like, what would the dollar amount be for me? I have to go, right? But then I start factoring in the company I'm at. How does that work for me? Like, do I like this company? Um, Do I have some sweet benefits because I've been here 10 years? Mm -hmm. Um, All the flexibility that's offered to me. Do you have, you're factoring those same things because someone would have to offer you something not equal it would have to be a very significant dollar for you to even consider moving. Am I wrong? <laughs> You're not wrong. It's um, Money has always been one thing in life that didn't really drive me in any way or motivated me to do or change something. Um, I don't know if that's always good or always bad. But um, this, I'm going to make a video on my YouTube channel uh, maybe in a week or two about why I've been with the same company for eight years and why I'm going to stay with the same company for potentially ever what you can never say never one million dollars (laughs) for a year (laughs) i think um you also got to take players in the fact of their like markability so how marketable is that player um certain players like simon eagle you can throw their face in a commercial or do quick little videos with them simon's youtube obviously has exploded and they're very marketable players, but then there are other pros where they're pretty good at disc golf, but they don't have that kind of like marketing aspect to them. 
you know, obviously I'm not going to throw people under the bus and not that I like, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying there's a name. Any, yeah. Say a name. No, Nick? heck no. Nick Carl. Yeah. No, oh, no. Wait, oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Whoa, whoa. yeah, I think it is. Um, <laughs> didn't no, even, I didn't I just, even make the video that Tyler, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm pretty mad. Gotta work harder. Low-key mad. Work, work harder. Okay. So we, that, I really don't want him back on the show now. What's interesting <laughs> about this chill show. And I guess comment if you like this and there will be people who really do like this. Mm-hmm. We did not have a plan to talk about players, salaries, the whole market. That was not in here. That's just organic. Um, I want to talk about that, and it's the Nick and it wor- show. Yeah, it <laughs> worked kidding. out. That's that's my point. This is really cool. Um, yeah. Is there anything that we missed that was pressing on either of your guys' mind before I move on about that topic? Nope. <laughs> Simon's worth about $10 million a year. <laughs> we'll get there. I don't even know if Friendship I Friendship-wise, would... he's an incredible guy. I might get depressed if I make that amount of money. I don't know. <laughs> Stop it. You would not be depressed <laughs> with that money if you're like $1 million to Matt and Nick show. one. Mil- you'd be feeling I would very probably generous. donate most of it. You know, George Clooney, when he really made it big, I just read this fact. When George Clooney really made it big, he had 14 very close friends, which is kind of insane because I don't even know if I have 14 friends. No way. No one has 14 <laughs> like, friends. So I have like four. He's got... He's got 14 close friends. And what did George Clooney, being the very nice guy that he is, he gave a million dollars to each of them. Come on. And there was one kind of like uh, like ultimatum with it. It was everyone has to accept this or no one gets it. Ooh, but at the same time, what out of those 14 people who is not going to accept a million dollars? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying, if Simon was like, hey, Nick, Matt, Eagle, Paul, Hannah, Natalia... Casey. My best friend, Paul McBeth. Yeah. <laughs> if he was like, guys, I'm going to give you a million dollars, but like all of you have to take it. If someone didn't take the million dollars, I'd probably go away for murder. I don't know. <laughs> oh, boy. Bro, you need to take that just million kidding. dollars. Yeah. So that's a very, it's a very false. People like people think it's very false that uh, money equals happiness and less problems. Could put me on a jet ski. You ever seen a sad guy on a jet ski, Simon? <laughs> I'm just saying, I know. for me no, personally, totally the less money I had in my bank account, in my pocket, the happier I was. That's just me, maybe. It's because, and you're not wrong at all, actually. Or the less worries I had, I can say that. If we go philosophical Ooh, read, read here, if we go like philosophical, he's totally not wrong. Like, it's not money that brings your happiness. So, um, cool. So, that's that's a part of the show now. That's pretty cool, man. I, I think that was a great topic. Let's let's go ahead and move it somewhere. Just a few other topics here, like maybe news points and see where it goes. Japan Open. Were you planning to go to that, Simon? Were you? I was absolutely planning to go. Okay, so he was planning to go to that, and it got, I guess, technically it's called postponed because they're going to have it. But they announced that? I never saw that. Really? That's you heard very it here sad right there, now. Yeah, there are some Matt like gets this information, and I'm just like, I got all this kind of like inside personal stuff, and then Matt's like, oh hey, broke. by the Matt's like, oh hey, by the way, we're talking about this, and like, do you know any of it? I'm just like, nah, dude. Really, <laughs> like, Simon, you didn't, yeah. you hadn't heard that. I didn't know that that, that it I was better already officially check. postponed or canceled. I better double check. I forget where I read that through. Um, I do know Holly Finley posted it. This is where I got it. So shout out to you, Holly. <laughs> I peruse the interwebs and I'm like, disc golf news, disc golf news. That's sad because Japan, I think, was if I ever have, would have favorites, and someone would tell me I would have to say my favorite country I've been to, it would probably be Japan. So I was really looking forward to going back. Man, well, you're going to go back, right? It's just going to be, I think they're pushing it, which the reality yeah, is. That makes sense. Yeah. I was going to say, the reality is, Simon, I, you got to believe Japan wasn't going to open us at this point. 
<laughs> is anywhere going to open to us right now? <laughs> like, if you're listening over there in yeah. Europe right now and your friends over there, you're, you're just looking at us saying we're sorry for you. But So anyways. I I was kind of torn a little bit. I was going to decide whether I wanted to go to the European Open next year or Japan. One of my dreams is to go to Japan, but I didn't really know if I wanted to play the non-PDGA tournament. It all depends on kind of what of in my friend group who was going to it. Um, but I've always wanted to go to the European Open. And that I think I was leaning more towards that for this year because I was going to do one big destination tournament. Um, and I always I try to fly out to a couple different Pro Tour events throughout the year. But, um, yeah, I'm pretty bummed out about that. So Japan Open, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, Simon, guys, I'm in Hang studio on, here. Yes. And he is now, Agreed. like, on the other side of me. And he was, like, literally, like, what? And I'm like, uh oh, like maybe I, I feel like I said it's, something I shouldn't. It's have. all good. I mean, He's I kind of figured. Okay, so that was news. Um, events getting canceled. I would just say this as a topic related to that. You have to believe if the pro tour was able to pull off the very first year of a brand new pandemic that nobody was prepared for or even thinking about, that they're going to be able to pull it off, having now months and already a prototype of how they did it yeah. this year that they shouldn't have any significant issue beyond what they've dealt with. Mm -hmm. So we should expect to see, I would imagine. I was just bringing that up because Japan yeah. Open postponed yeah. all these. But, like, in general. I think I think over the next few months, we're going to start seeing more postponements. Um, I've been talking to this with a couple different people, and I really I hope this doesn't happen, but obviously you got to think about the safety and what's going on in America right now. But or actually, I should say not just America, what's going on in the whole world right now. Um, but I do, I wouldn't be surprised if, the beginning part of next season does get postponed. I think that we're going to have a very heavy middle to end of the year, like kind of like how we did this year. Um, I think that potentially might happen again. So I, I'm just, that's like a beyond opinion based. I just would not be surprised. I signed up for Vegas and I'm very, very, very much looking forward to that, to go to Vegas with my friends and maybe put $200 on black again and lose it within 10 seconds. <laughs> Super excited for that to happen. I lost 20 bucks out there but, at Vegas. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure I got off the plane. 20 bucks. And there was like blackjack <laughs> tables number. at the airport. And I was just like, ooh, 200. <laughs> and lost. Yeah, that was my first time to Vegas this year. And that was right before so, COVID was actually like yeah. a thing. Now, yeah. it was a thing, but nobody knew it. I'm traveling yes. back, seeing masks on people's faces. And I'm like, I'm like, who are these these like conspiracy theorists people just walking around the airport? You probably saw it too, Simon, like before this was all announced. We all thought we were getting stranded yeah. at Waco. I, I legitimately thought they were going to like shut down the airport, close borders. And then it was actually a few months into COVID really amping up. Um, people who I knew in D.C., kind of a couple of people who I knew work politics, they were talking about states legitimately like closing state borders. And I was like, hold on, how the heck do you do that? There are so many roads that go into different states. But at the same time, like, what if I get caught in New Hampshire driving with Massachusetts plate? Like, what if that's a thousand dollar fine or I go to jail? I'm like, dang, like this is getting nuts. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I flew down to Virginia and spent like a month down there. <laughs> but, I just yeah. I can't even start to think and speculate anymore of if we're going to play next next spring or what's going to happen. I think I, everything I see on Facebook I mean, it's so sad that we call Facebook the news now almost. Like, uh, that's where a lot of people oh, get their gosh, news. Yeah. And, but uh, you can't even trust any other news station. <laughs> it's so bad. But um, I don't, I, we're not getting into that. I try to keep updated with uh, 
different opinions and uh, different news channels, see what everyone has to say. And I'm at a point with my opinion right now that it's just, I have no clue. I'm yeah. not going to speculate. I'm not going to judge anyone for any opinion. And I'm just going to do my own thing and try to be happy and stay uh, safe. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much all we can do at this point. Like, I'm obviously looking forward to so many big tournaments this year and, you know, or excuse me, next year. But hopefully it happens. That's all I can hope for. Hopefully there's a safe way to make it happen. And I think Jeff Spring and the DGPT had really proved how they can make it safe for people to go. There are rules that are in place. There are things that we have to do. We have to follow state laws, you know, town laws that are regulated by the governments. And I think that there will be a way we can make it work, but I wouldn't be surprised if things do shut down from the beginning of the year. Hopefully it doesn't happen, but... So, with that, you ready for this segue? Again, guys, this was unplanned, but speaking about, like, COVID and things that have changed, uh, I thought it was really cool how the PDGA kind of, like, put it on the fast track, if you will, the scorecards, digital scorecards, right? To be like, hey, let's not pass mm -hmm. around scorecards. Obviously, UDISC has been doing it for a while, and if I had to speculate, UDISC I'm pretty sure I've even heard some of this is going to integrate with live scoring through PDGA outlets at some point here. I thought maybe even this year. So be on the lookout. Um, yeah. But PDGA themselves did one. And did you see that new rule update, Simon, where it says now a tournament director is required to provide you as a player during a tournament with two different scorecards that have to be tracked, two different scorecards. One can be paper, one could be digital. It, they could both be digital. Um, they could both be, well, actually, I don't know if they could both be digital unless maybe UDISC would be allowed in that scenario and the PDGA. But two different scorecards, uh, different mediums are allowed, but two different scorecards. Did, have you heard that yet? Nope. So Sounds very annoying. Okay, so what, yeah, what, I think the initial, and I'll, I'll tell you what I think probably some of the why is, and then get your feedback on it. Um, I think the initial reaction on the why is, well, this is some people's thoughts. Hey, no more pencil whipping, no more cheating, because there's going to be another scorecard. If you put something down that's not right, it's not going to line up with the other scorecard. So like, quote unquote, cheating or pencil whipping might go away mm -hmm. what do you th do you think that's true well i have a whole different take on pencil whipping and the whole if you get your scorecard wrong if it was on purpose or if it was just a mistake i never understood the usdgc has been doing this for years that everyone has to fill out their own scorecard and everyone keep everyone's scores after every hole everyone's yeah. sitting there with a scorecard so we for sure don't have any wrong scorecards because who would want to get penalized or what TD would want someone to get penalized for having a wrong for a math error? But um, I never understood that, honestly. I was like, if you get your score wrong, which is a bunch of th twos, threes, and fours, probably, most likely, like, come on. Like, that's not hard <laughs> to get it right. I don't think I've ever, I think I've got it wrong once in my whole career. But um, at that point, you could have deserved the penalty. I Yeah, I think there's... I, I think if you get your score wrong, you deserve a penalty. That, are, I, I have no doubt with that. Are the people no who are cheating, and I say the people who are cheating, it's a, it's a sport. People cheat. I'm sure it's happening. Are the people who are cheating um, really the ones we should care about anyways? It's probably not. No, 100% we should not care about those people because if you've pencil whipped and you've not been caught, then 
I, I'm I'm a good friend of Karma, and I believe Karma will get you. And uh, if you've been caught, then I hope you get banned from tournament play. If... I almost want to say forever because it's so bad, but maybe that's too harsh, and maybe only for a year. Right. <laughs> forever yeah. or a year. But okay, so that's one take on the, the um, scorecard deal. You said annoying. That was great reaction from you to understand. Um, I'm sure that would be annoying. Um, why else would they do this? Scoring accuracy or to prevent cheating? Or is it because the digital scorecard could fail? And so they want something official that's also being tracked? I don't think it's a bad idea to have two different scorecards, two separate scorecards. I, I mean, yeah, it's going to be tedious for the first tournament that you do it at. And then once you get used to it, it's like everything. Once you get used to it, it's going to be perfectly fine. And I think we're going to see more positives than negatives to it. Just personally. I, Me personally, at the end of every round, I could t- say everyone's score is just by thinking about it for one second. I've noticed that the way I play, too, is during tournaments, like people, I'm, you know, say us three are playing a tournament and there's one other player. I have a very good idea. Not that I'm paying attention completely to you, like you guys playing, but for the most part, I know, hey, Simon took a two, Matt took a four, I took a five, the other guy took a three. Like, I'm very... I kind of just say that as a reassurance. And if I get it wrong, then someone says, oh, no, I took a four. And then you you think back on it. I mean, I don't know. It's very easy yeah, to kind of keep score I will in say, that sense. I will say I've gotten my score wrong on a hole once yeah. that I recalled. And they're like, eh. They're like, that was not a four. That was a five. And I'm like, oh, yeah, the shot I wanted to forget about. That was in that bush. That was a yeah. pitch out. That does that, oh. Stuff like that does not happen on the... Not on the pro scene. On the right. pro scene. Yeah, that's very... Right. Yeah. I think as Unless you take bigger, a bigger, 12 on a hole, so, which happens never. That's... Yeah, People that's know exactly, exactly what they had, always. When you start bringing in the OBs, like, say you throw OB four or five times in a row. In the same spot, you keep just hyzering it out, and it keeps landing OB. Hyzering out lands as OB. You kind of... For, potentially you're kind of just PO'd at that point to where you just want to get off the hole. And then afterwards you think about it and you might get it wrong, but normally at that point, your card mates are laughing inside of their head at what's happening to you. And so they're counting out the throws that you're doing. It's okay. So I'm cutting that off. That was, that was a long enough on that topic. I'm not sure why they did it, but it was a rule change. Um, there's a few others with in relation to junior uh, events, um, where it was like no smoking at any event where juniors are or something or, or solely junior events. But, um, can I just shout out one more time? Hannah, Hannah McBeth's in the chat. Uh, Yeah. We don't usually shout out all of our, our, our guests. Oh, actually someone super chatted. So we do need to shout out them. Well, this is what Hannah said to those listening later. This is what's happening in the chat. It's epic right now. And I'm just enjoying it all. But uh, Hannah said, someone super chat so Nick Carl can get a new hat because that thing looks rough. Now, to be clear, that's not the... F- there we go. Nick's hat fund. That's not the first time <laughs> someone has talking. called that out. <laughs> what, did, what did the other person say? Oh, they said uh, that thing was like crusty. It was or like something. crusty. Or like, get yeah, a new one yeah. or something. Yeah. So They get right. sun bleached and you know, dirty from work. I work... I literally do drilling that, half my days. That hat looks like it's been in a washing machine before. No, I've never put a hat in a washing machine. Okay. Wow. That's, what hats look, that's what hats look like after no. you put them in the washing machine. If you wash machine. a hat, you're supposed to do it in a dishwasher, actually. Wow. I learned the hard way when I put yep. my hat in a yeah. washing machine, and it looked like that. Uh, my mom my mom, my mom, mom taught me that one. No, this is actually legitimately just sun bleach. I wore it all summer, and you know, it's just uh, it's what happens to them. It's unfortunate. But, but yeah, you love that hat, so it's all good. I do. I got to get a couple more from the foundation peeps. Yep. But, uh. All Actually, right. really quick, you know, shout out to them. 
shameless plug because I'm sponsored by them. But uh, tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern, they are dropping some super BA apparel, sweatshirts, shirts, everything like that. When it comes to Supreme Flight Foundation, uh, Dark Claw sweatshirts, which I'm probably going to get like three of them. But 5 p.m. Eastern, everybody, go check out foundationdisc.com. If you go to my Instagram bio, I have a link in it. It supports me. It helps me out a ton. It lets me go to Vegas next year. So I appreciate it. <laughs> so while we're shouting out uh, sponsors. Maybe Vegas. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully Vegas. Yeah. While we're shouting out sponsors, uh, Discmania sponsored player in the room. I wore my Discmania shirt, you know, trying to get. Oh, and he's wore his Discmania hat. Um, Sorry, what, I wore my Discraft sweatshirt. What about. I am Discraft. What about that super, <laughs> and I'm going to use a few words to describe it, super creepy slash mysterious slash old lady holding a Ooh. mystery box on a platter. Yep. Like, that is marketing. I always go back and say it's pretty interesting <laughs> because. I don't know what their intention was, but the video, when you watch it, you're like, I'm not going to forget this video. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a good thing, and it's stuck in your head to bring it up now, which I think is a win for Discmania at this point. And uh, I'm just going to say, wait till Thanksgiving, and Discmania has something pretty, pretty awesome. I've already seen the whole project, and um, I can't spoil anything, unfortunately. I'm sorry. I wish I could. Yeah some uh, exclusive Matt, Nick and Macho here. But uh, I can't say anything, but it is, it's just a typical UC move. And I think uh, most people are going to look at it with a big question mark. But I think everyone's going to remember that video. Yeah. So I was going to see if I could find it here quickly. I don't know if it's going to be like on their Facebook page or where, if it's like, it's an ad they're running. But um, well, while, while he's looking at thinks, that, I mean. Oh, who thinks yeah. that up? Who thinks this stuff up? UC is a mastermind genius, and he just, I don't think he ever sleeps. I think he constantly, or when he sleeps, he dreams of the next business idea or the next promo. And uh, they actually found this, uh, that old lady is actually an American actress living in Finland um, that they tracked down. Oh, yeah, there there she is. So let me, let me for our audio listeners, you should be able to hear, I mean, you'll be able to hear this, but to our uh, video, let me see if I can pull that up too. Oh, dear, just well, maniacs. I have made you something very special. I want you to join our Thanksgiving dinner where I'll be serving up my special treats just for you. So click on the link below. And remember, don't be late. <laughs> so that that was, the, that was the video. Yes. And um, I, I don't know how that translated to our audio listeners, but man. <laughs> you know. Definitely something new. It's called Mystery Box, and then in, in Finland, with the Finnish humor and the Finnish mentality, you got to really emphasize the mystery of that box. So you want to be, and yeah, mystery is kind of creepy and weird, and no one really knows what, what is this. So I think uh, they hit the nail on the head there. Nice. In a very UC kind of way. <laughs> I know, right? I, actually, I, I thought it was good. Yeah, I've met UC a few, few times, and uh, he does have a very kind of like super serious personality to him but from what i've heard you know being friends with paul simon eagle and all them um he's a wicked funny guy and also just like a super super great businessman so that's really cool yeah i wanted to shout that out and um i know you spend a lot of time on mystery box every year <laughs> that's like i figured hey we'll help out here the little we can um definitely check that out that's really cool creative marketing 
Um, so we're coming down towards the end of our topics. That doesn't necessarily mean we're almost done. You know how it is on our oh, show. Yeah, right. But there's a few topics. One would be player of the year. Now, we talked Ooh. about what we thought might be like in that conversation. But since we've done that, the PDGA rolled out their updated um, way that they're tracking who these players might be. And they mm -hmm. said they are taking the national tour events usually that you would get points for to play for a player of the year. Yep. They said because it was canceled, um, they're going to now take pro tour events and apply those points that were for the Elite Series pro tour in place of the NT. That makes sense to me. Um, I didn't realize how much was factored into player of the year. Like it's anything any event C tier or above um, is factored into this. Now you only get like a few points for C tiers, for C's, obviously, but all the way up like a tiers were actually kind of significant. And um, who do you think? Let's just go like top 15 players in the world, which you're a part of Simon. Who do you think out of the top 15 plays the most non pro tour, non NTs, non majors? Who do you think that player might be? Probably Dickerson. Yep. That's exactly what I was going to say. That is he literally said it on the show a couple weeks, too. He was just like, nah. Or like, yeah. Yeah, so weeks. that's exactly right. And so if he played what looks to me like, I could go back and look it up again, but 12 more events than everybody else, mm -hmm. um, and they were A-tiers, let's say, he's going to have a very, very high likelihood of getting player of the year based off of everything from you get you get awarded for how much money you've made um, or, or tournament earnings. Uh -huh. You get like... Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff that gets factored into this. Um, have you ever received player of the year, Simon? Yeah. Three times for European player of the year. Heck yeah, man. I remember one of my, my favorite speeches I ever gave at the, we did a, God, I think it was in Pittsburgh at the world championships. And that we had this player of the year award ceremony there. And I got my player of the European player of the year award. And I went on stage and said, the one trophy Paul McBeth will never get. And everyone laughed, and it was a fun moment. <laughs> That's awesome. It has made That's me incredible, laugh. incredible, actually. <laughs> so yeah. speaking of European players, man, these segues, man. I should just stop stop calling them out. Um, how about this this Finnish player? Did you see, uh, I think it was Prodigy, just signed a one-year contract with, uh, however you say it, Twomp, Thomas Finnish? I mean, Thomas, T-U-O-M-A-O-S. Twomp, Twomas. 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 I'm not going to try to. I'm purely, him. I'm purely American in my language. Yeah. Um, so, what do you know about this player? And he wait, just, what's his last name? I don't know. Well, who? He's you're he's not a the highest player. rated German player anymore, are you? Isn't there true? After the last yeah. update, so the last update, or maybe two updates ago, I forget mm -hmm. exactly when it was. Yep. Um, I don't remember his name off the top of my head. Marvin Tetzel. Have you ever met him? Many times. Oh, okay. So he's, I didn't know if he was like a super young kid who just beyond exploded in the sport or if he's been playing disc golf for, you know. He must be 22, 23 by now. I okay. I, I would guess. Yeah. I haven't seen him in years, obviously, because I've been over been here, here. But yeah. No, he's, he's good. Very talented. Very athletic. He's a, he's actually like a semi pro soccer player, I think, if he was mm -hmm. trying to be. Football. And, uh, foosball. Football. What is that? Soccer, football. <laughs> oh, football. Okay. Football. He's trying. I'm trying to. Trying to. Make... I'm. So you uh, call it soccer here, right? Yeah. Yeah, but we're talking about a German player. I don't know. I'm just trying to. I was thinking you would call it that. I don't know. All oh, right. okay. never again. <laughs> never I'm again. so slow with American yeah. jokes. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's. I think I've said this before too. Simon with American sarcasm. Sometimes it just boom goes right over his head. And yep. sometimes, like, I'll feel bad because we'll be on a disc golf course, and I'm like, oh, dude, that was so good. 
And he'd just be like, that was literally probably the worst shot I've ever thrown in like 25 years of playing. I'm like, Simon. <laughs> yeah. Again. I am I'm extremely slow with sarcasm <laughs> in English. Um, I mean it in the nicest way possible. Because it's very funny to laugh when he misses the oh. joke. Because then he laughs. We laugh that he missed it. Maybe, Sorry. It, maybe it wasn't Prodigy. Maybe it was Latitude 64. Tuomas. Yeah. I know a couple... Tuomas is unfortunately from Finland, so I would have to know their last name, and I haven't seen the story myself yet. So I don't know if it's. I'm looking it up because there was a Tuomas on Team Discmania, and I hope he didn't leave. No, so Latitude. Imagine. I don't know where it is because honestly, I've looked it up now on both Prodigies and uh, Latitudes, and I'm not finding it. So I don't know where I envisioned. Maybe it was this. Discmania you resigned. Maybe. I don't know if anybody knows who I'm talking about. And then somebody just called me out. They said, hey, Matt, never ask a question you don't have the answer to. When I asked you if you got player of the year. Yeah. That is it. Sometimes it puts me on the spot and makes me feel weird when they're like, of course, I got player of the year. But I'm just genuinely having a conversation as if, if I was in the same room as Simon. We're sitting on the couch. Hey, man, do you ever get that? Like, I could go research it. But like, that's I don't know. I felt it was just fine. And to me, I don't know how they like decide who gets player of the year i don't know what tournaments play a role i thought it almost gets decided like for example who gets like what's the fair play award that nate sexton got that girthy oh. got that last time and i don't remember there's a lot of awards. i think like a a group of people just decides who was the the guy this year and i yep. thought that's how player of the year gets decided as well but i guess as matt just said there's a bunch of stats and a bunch of numbers that go into it um and when will that be decided this year? I'm I would assuming within the next month or two. I feel like it's going even. to be. Yeah, it's going to be this year is how I would imagine it. Because I thought the same exact thing. Like, when is that? So let's just real quick while we're on that topic of. Um, Can we shout out really quick? Christopher, do you know how to pronounce that last name? Christopher Nur. Nur. We're again, American English here. Yeah. Narba. The screen is too Narbo. far from me. Is Narbo. That, okay. Christopher Narbo. He's super chatted twice tonight and we just want to say thank you i would love to come to norway in 2021 you're probably asking simon to come to norway in 2021 <laughs> but i'm just gonna say i would love to come to norway in 2021 to the I, sula open yeah that'd be sick wasn't tormund giants bane supposed to the dude who plays tormund giants bane mm -hmm. and game of thrones he was supposed to play the sula open i'm pretty sure and so, brody smith and, and brody paul smith McBeth. and paul mcbeth and yep. i think they're also trying to get um half half thor the uh the mountain the world's strongest man oh, i yeah. think they were trying to get him to play too i don't really know if that was happening but wasn't ben a ben Askren ben also? Askren was also going also to go list? to that yeah. yeah man we missed out this year on a lot of opportunities yeah. but hopefully I, we can only hope next year is going to be luckier so let's do this before we wrap up that topic of player of the year Here's what it comes to. PDGA US major finishes, USDGC and Women's National Championship. You, if you win that, you would get 30 points, and then it goes down to the top 10 players, so you'd get two points if you were 10. Elite Series, which is going to be the Pro Tour. Normally, it'd be National Tour, but this year, it's going to be Pro Tour. Mm -hmm. 25 points if you win, and down to 10th, getting two points again. A-tier finishes. This is where I'm saying, it, it, we'll look at the list here, but Dickerson is going to be in that top of the list for sure. A-tiers, you get 15 points for finish. That's pretty good. That's wow. like, I that's the same as, like that. that's the same as getting fourth or third place in a pro tour. Mm -hmm. So if you win A-tiers and play a lot of them, you would definitely have a good yeah. run for that. Um, B-tiers, you only get five points for winning. Um, so maybe I was wrong about C-tiers. Um, but then you also get this. 
bonus points awarded to the top 10 leaders in the following categories. Uh, calendar year rating. So during the calendar year, what's your rating? Um, money earned. So I guess they would say if you were the highest rated player during the calendar year, you would get 20 points. Money earned. I thought that was interesting. Um, so anybody who played in the Pro Tour Finals, is that part of this? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, average cash per event. Tournament wins. So how many wins, you would also get more points. Winning percentage. And then if there were tiebreakers, it would go to total points in major finishes and then highest rated round in an A tier above. That's if you had to go to a tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, here, just real quick, it'll get your feedback on it. I'm just giving you the info. Chris Dickerson, 27 events. His points are 213. You go to Paul Macbeth next with 14 events. So that's a lot less events. We're talking like half. Mm -hmm. And he has 189. So he's about 23 or four points behind, only playing half the events. Wow. Yeah. So that's interesting, right? And then Ricky Wysocki um, being only two points behind Paul. Uh, Calvin Heimberg behind that, like 20-something points behind and like 40-something behind Chris Dickerson. And then Eagle in fifth. So with that, with that idea, like, does that make sense to have that be part of the player of the year in your mind? Eight years? No. Mm, no. Nope. I don't want to say. I agree with Nick. I got to say no. My man. Yeah, I don't think so because there are players, like Chris has said in the past, he doesn't travel out to the West Coast because he doesn't find it to be financially beneficial unless he wins the tournament or gets top three at every single one of them, but you almost cannot guarantee that. I heard a different story why he doesn't go. <laughs> he also, he doesn't fly. Exactly. Yeah, yes. he, he doesn't fly. He did say <laughs> Exclusive. that. Okay. Exclusive on the yeah. Nick and Matt show. Nick pressed also, him. Like, yeah. you're going to fly? And he's like, I actually, um, and he's yeah, like. Yeah, he doesn't fly. I'm, and a, I'm afraid like, of heights. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> so, so he plays a lot of local tournaments, which take a player like, let's take Simon, for instance. Had this been a full touring year, you don't play too, too many casual A tiers. Do you? No. Nope. You play one maybe every so often? Pretty maybe. much no. Yeah, so pretty much no. This year, we were fortunate to have you come to a ton of the local New England tournaments that were the bigger B tiers, A tiers, even a couple C tiers. So you win a B tier, yeah. you get five points. So so I'm up there at like yeah, 12 so points. Simon was killing it. <laughs> he was on that C tier, B tier level <laughs> he this just, year. Simon just yeah. does the B tier tour. <laughs> he just goes, so, he's like 100 events times five yeah. points, I win. So you take, like... I think it's crazy that uh, Ricky is ahead of Calvin, if that's what you're saying. Because if I had to argue who the top three players of the year, who like I would argue could be the player of the year, it would be Chris, Paul, and Calvin. Um, actually, with Eagle being tied in that, because they had multiple DGPT wins, all of them, um, except for Chris. I don't think he had multiple, but he had the USDGC win. So that's obviously the one major of the year is huge. Um, so let me point out why that... And I doesn't it doesn't break down like how many let me see, it doesn't break down how many A tiers, if you will. So it says wins, and I think that's at least worth looking at. So Chris has 14 wins, but that goes back to again all the A tiers. I'm mm-hmm. sure that's the 14 A tiers because then yeah. the rest would be the same as Paul playing. Anyways, um, so Paul has five wins, Ricky has five wins. Calvin, I want to say, only has two wins. Mm-hmm. Now, just real quick, because I'm having a brain freeze. Were those pro tour wins? Yes. Yeah. And where? And then Eagle, oh, now you're throwing me off. Calvin, what did he win? Um, Memorial? 
Yep. Mm-hmm. And something recently. Okay. <laughs> We're all having what did uh what, did Cal- what was the second tournament Calvin won? I'm trying to think like Deglo. No, Eagle won Deglo. Oh, yep. Yeah, there True. You go. There Eagle you go. has three wins. Kevin Jones has six wins and 23 events. So that's an interesting stat. Calvin won Jonesboro. Yeah. That's what it was. He made an incredible last round. Yep. Okay, so just real quick, it's, it, I think we'd be remiss not to talk really quick about the FPO. So if, in that sense, mm-hmm. did it feel like a one-sided in your mind who would be female pro player of the year? Yeah, it's I. It's definitely one-sided. And, I mean, I hate to say that because... Okay, so, you know, Katrina but, Allen yeah. in this list, and this is just listing by the points that they have criteria. So yeah. here's the interesting thing. Can we safely assume that unless somebody goes and plays like five more events before the end of the year, that this is probably the list? Mm-hmm. That's what it seems like to me. So Katrina Allen, 22 events, nine wins, uh, 280 points. Okay. So then next, Paige Pierce, 15 events, so seven less, eight wins, only one less in the win rate bracket, um, 247 points that makes them about her about 33 points behind mm-hmm. um and then sarah hokum behind that and then ellen widboom cool to see ellen up there the missy gannon heather young Haley king now shout out to cat over the last four weeks she has four wins in a row yes which I is that. that's that's who was a disc golf pro tour who said something about like you know what does cat's off season look like and it was just first place first place first place first place and she's been like dominating mm-hmm. these tournaments by double digitly i think one of the tournaments she won by like 25 could totally be wrong but I'm pretty sure so how does this again I, I we don't need full reactions again but how does that sit with you it seems kind of like and how do we say this because we always want to be careful too at the same time like we're not downplaying anybody's skills or their drive to compete and all this stuff but as far as the conversation for player of the year seems like simon nick and i'm coming more on board with this because a player after the tour and if this is the rules it's the rules right now like but i think it should be considered to say like hey the end of the year you can go play a tiers um it's legitimate there's no taking away from an a tier but is that really how you should determine the player of the year at this stage in the game of disc golf Mm -hmm. i don't know the pdga obviously wants to reward playing more events which makes sense yes agree <laughs> i think that makes perfect sense and i think uh they have all right to it's do wrong, that <laughs> um it's just it's just it's hard to compare like if someone goes out and wins 28 years i don't know if they're even as 28 years but there definitely is 28 years if there's 28 the year, years yeah. and uh one guy goes out and only plays three majors and four pro tours and wins those all and the eight tiers have more, has more points at the end of the year. Like this, that doesn't really make sense. Someone who's a top ten player in the world could go out and dominate eight tiers. They could tour playing eight tiers in different states. Brody Smith. He it, say so, someone like that. Brody could go out and dominate a lot of eight tiers right now. Like if Simon wanted to, he could go out and only play eight tiers next year, and have an incredible, incredible year. So if we did eighteen eight you know, tiers. And you won them, you would have destroyed player of the year. Really? Just based yeah, on exactly. 18. So let's go down. Let me try 15. But you have to win them all. Like, that's much easier said than done. <laughs> okay. That's coming from some. But there, there are sometimes where 15. There's only 15 one tiers. player at them. So if you won 15 A tiers, you would have had player of the year. 15. Mm-hmm. So that's just, anyways, that's just a perspective on how it is done now. And then as far as um, 
rookie of the year. MPO, do you have any ideas in your head, Simon, about Kyle who that might be? Freaking Klein. I totally just stole it from yeah. Simon. I didn't know you were going to gonna say, Simon. I mean, I, that was the one name that instantly came to mind this Kyle Klein. Yeah. It would have been Kyle, or I'm pretty sure you, we've talked about him before on the show, but Alden Harris. I'm assuming that he's a rookie this year. He, he's had some really good finishes, at least. I know the Tennessee Music City. Yeah, he had Open. Music City he Open that he won. A huge, an field. huge stacked field. Uh, I'm pretty sure he did decently well at D Glow. Um, I don't know how many of the tournaments he made towards the end of the year, but he's a name who I saw from the middle of the year towards the end of it. He's not on that, the rookie um, of the year, actually, at all. Really? Maybe he's not a rookie. You know this who year. is on the rookie sure. of the year at the bottom of this list? This is one through there's like a tie, there's like a ten way tie for eighth place. So who do you think is the most notable in that eighth place? Nick Carl. Absolutely. Imagine not. that. <laughs> I've been technically pro since twenty seventeen. 16? I don't know. So who came on this year as their first touring year as a professional? And this is their first year, and they'd be notable. Like, they're a player that you would know. Ezra Adderhold. No. One more guess, and then I'll just tell you. Come on. High profile. High profile. I'm reading the chat. Someone help me out. Quick. All right, so everyone in their car, they're either yelling at us like it's obvious yeah. or they're like, they're scratching I their heads too. I will pay you $5 if you give me the answer, chat. Right <laughs> they'll now. Go, they'll quit, super quit, chat you. Go. We're not asking number one. We're asking the most ho- high profile for it, tied for eighth, which I'm is I'm going to feel low. really bad when you say this and we have no idea. All it's right. not Casey. Nope, it's not okay. Casey. Do you want me to tell you? No, not All yet. All right, not yet. I really want to know. Well, yeah, but uh, give me like 45 seconds. I 45 more seconds. Just kidding, not that long. Like 10 all right, so other names, and then I'll tell you that name. So Kyle Klein, there's another player, Elijah Bickle. I just want to shout him out because it came through the Kids Disc Golf Avenue where we ran the U.S. Juniors. He came and won his division, I think, it's it's more than a year ago now, but it was like a year ago, and then he he's now uh, third third pick for Rookie of the Year. Um, You ready for it? Here it comes. His name rhymes with Rody Myth. Oh, my oh. God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that actually makes a ton of sense. So, My brain was uh, so far from saying. Oh yeah, I was for some odd reason I was thinking of like a seventeen-year-old kid who's just murdering. Like any guess, kind of Any player. guess how many wins he would have, a tier or above, number one, and then how many events do you think he played this year? He's probably year. played almost twenty events. Really, I would say because Simon's gonna take his been, guess. Where this is judge yeah, that disc golfer. I would have guessed twelve. Judge that disc golfer. Yeah, right. How many events has Brady, Brody played? Maybe 16. All right. So I'm going to go 16. All right. So this is Judge that disc golfer. Nick, you were closest. He had 19 events. Oh, I should have stuck in my other one. He's been wow. playing every single weekend in Texas right now in Oklahoma. They have tournaments every single weekend. Must be nice. We're All here right. in 15 degree weather. Judge Brody, the- Brody has a big B tier win. And he has, I think, the last tournament that he just played in. I don't know if it was an A tier or a B tier, but that Mason Ford just won. Yeah, he I got second. He shot like a ten fifty five rated last round. Yeah, insane for your first year of playing, dude. I've been playing seven years now, and my max is like ten thirty six or ten thirty eight, something like that. So to throw up a ten fifty five, I so, messaged him after that, and he was like, cool. "Yeah, taking small steps." I was like, yeah, ten fifty five, a real small <laughs> step there. Yeah, <laughs> Simon, what's your highest rated round you've ever thrown? I think it's. A thousand one hundred and ten. That's awesome. I think it's my f- so eleven ten. First round eleven ten. First round memorial. memorial when I shot sixteen under. Yeah, 
that makes sense. So, um, yeah. So just real quick, little sidestep. If you watched the Nick and Matt show, Nick versus Matt stroke play at Buffenville, we did six holes. We picked the worst holes for Matt to play to make Matt look really bad. Definitely. And guess, guess what my highest rating ever was. It, like to the fans out there, <laughs> they watch that video and they're like, hmm. It was a thousand twenty two or twenty seven, somewhere in there. So I have they're like, no way. It's impossible. Where'd you shoot it? At Maple Hill. Gold. Uh, 60. Maple Hill gold. gold. Yeah. Dang, that was a thousand twenty two rated. I played here, right? Yeah, but you know what? I played sixty is usually the hot round. It, so it was good. I felt yeah, really oh, good about yeah. it. And 60 I had sixty is real good. Yeah. I had one mistake. Now, Simon, I'm not that good. It just happened. I don't know how it happened, but it did. So okay, but was real fourteen in the longs or the short? No, fourteen was not over the water that year. So it was just the highs, the small whatever highs it was. Or... The blue, yes, there yep. you go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. So wrapping up this rookie of the year, FPO. You heard the name probably. Shout out to her, Cat Merch. Mm-hmm. Um. Besides that, here's a shout out to a local Nick. If you go, if anyone goes and looks at this list that I'm looking at, the PDJ Cassandra. How do you say it? Leoe? I think Leoe or Loe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not But really Cassandra, sure. prod- prodigy. Yeah. She plays for prodigy. Shout out to her third in the list for rookie of the year. So awesome for her. Um, so that's that topic. Um, we're coming down towards the end here for sure now. I-, I said that a few times already, but when when do you know the season is over? Last year, Jomez, shout out to Jomez, they rolled out something called Shomez. They announced they're going to be doing that again. Simon, were you ever a guest on Showmas? I was. Of course I was. Um, I'm, Matt, don't I'm, ask questions you don't know yeah. the answer to. I'm actually a good <laughs> friends. Like the Jomas crew is one of my closer friend group on tour. I hang out with Jerry all the time. Jonathan obviously Jerry. loves hanging out. And uh, anything behind the scenes, after rounds, after the tournament, we always try to kick it together and enjoy the time we have together, which is not enough, especially this year. Kind of yeah. sad to, uh, yeah, that all the social events and everything fell through. But, I mean, Showmez, I think, was a huge success and blew any other disc golf podcast or show that was live out of the water until the Nick and Matt show is going to oh, slowly a, catching up now. Nice <laughs> I was just going to say, and we had them on our show, and we said, oh, yep. thanks for coming on our show, you know. And that was really cool of them. But we need to start a segment called judge that podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we play like little sound bites and everyone has to yeah. say you know what they think so what they think of it we have a very organic following here and i'm sure they did too they started it from their disc golf you know commentary mm-hmm. produced coverage and then they did a show we're starting it from literally just us knowing nothing talking we're slowly trudging getting our way there simon is very nice to come in studio um funny enough simon is actually coming back in studio in two weeks <laughs> really yeah. Sweet. The uh the Casey and you show. Is Casey gonna be here? Casey's not gonna be here. Casey will be on the Skype. But the Skype. Yeah, we obviously want you to be in studio for that one too. Okay. Originally awesome. originally Casey was gonna be here, but Casey's on to bigger and better things out in Minnesota mm-hmm. at the moment. So bigger and better. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I think Minnesota's bigger than Massachusetts, right? I don't know. It could be. I could it's be true love. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why are we all so, laughing <laughs> so we uh we talked about for you know in two weeks episode we want to do fun things because that's going to be right before christmas that'll be the last episode before christmas and i'm gonna go out and buy like an elf costume or a santa costume because it's gonna be pretty sweet play a little christmas but yeah so we i want to do some oh, christmas can you bring music. the guitar like, in you bring your guitar. we're gonna learn 
over the next two weeks, we got to learn a Christmas song. You better come over to my yeah. house then and uh, hey, let's you practice. You got a keyboard there now. I Actually, do. I left my dartboard there. And I didn't bring it today. I know. So what we <laughs> could do, right. well, we could think about this. We'll think about this. We could put a dartboard over there. And like after we're done recording the actual audio podcast, we could extend for just a little bit. So we could put cameras up. We could actually live feed a little like. A game of darts. Yeah. Possibly. One of these walls could hold it for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Um, and then finally, to wrap out the, this topic here of Yuli signs on as a brand ambassador for Ledgestone. Mm. Did either of you read? About, I haven't read about that yet, but I was super excited because Nate had said he really wants to help grow the Yuli brand. They're very excited for the brand partnership and everything like that. Did you read the article, though? Nope. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, you can count on okay. me to know, not know yeah. my guests and what they will answer, but I can know the Hold news. On. Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. So, <laughs> Nick's mom came in the chat. We always have to shout it out when it's there. Yeah. And everyone else then in succession goes, <laughs> hi, Mom. All. You can okay. just say, hi, Melanie. So, just as part of, yeah, I'm waving. As part of that um, discussion for Yuli, I did read it, just to, obviously to see what is this, because I yeah. haven't heard that very much as far as, like, brand ambassador. What does that actually entail? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It seems to me as if it's literally, if I was to just make it simple, it's a partnership that's mutually beneficial. Ledgestone is saying like, hey, we want to sell your product and let people know who you are. And Yuli goes, this is the greatest event ever. And, you know, is, is constantly or, or whenever the opportunity arises to say like Ledgestone is where it's at. Everyone, you know, helping mm -hmm. make that. And it's just a great partnership. I mean, think of any other big sport. If you had a big tournament that was like, this is the event that this this player endorses Tiger Woods to whatever you know. I'm not saying Yuli's Tiger Woods. I'm yeah, just yeah. saying like big player ambassador uh, partnership. I think it's great. <clears throat> so agreed. I think any sponsorships and brand sponsorships, everything like that in disc golf, especially when it comes at such a large platform, especially with Paul Uliberry and the Ledgestone Insurance. Um, I think that's incredible growth for disc golf. I'm very excited to see what happens with it. I can't wait to see some Yuli discs, especially the Yuli Raptor. Phenomenal disc, especially the swirly um, Z ones that they came out with this year for his tour series stuff. Just an incredible overstable disc by Discraft. Shameless plug. But I, no, I'm super excited. I, I like seeing those kind of things. I think I wouldn't be surprised if Ledgestone, you know how, you know, there's the Jordan brand outside of Nike or, you know, Nike and then the Tiger Woods brand. I wouldn't be surprised if that slowly starts happening in the disc golf world. Like say, you know, Simon Lazat is with disc mania, but he's also got the Lazat brand. He's got the Lazat hats, the Lazat apparel. Now he has the Lazat team members where Casey, Kyle, um, and someone else could be, they're sponsored by the Lazat brand. I don't know. I just, I think disc golf will slowly kind of go into that, which I'd be, you know, really excited to see. Wasn't some pro doing that? Ricky, I feel like so Prodigy was Prodigy did the protege. Oh, Ricky did the um yeah, he did do something like this, the Saki Bomb Squad or something like that. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely Yeah. It's definitely gonna happen soon on a on a bigger scale. And yeah pro agreed. Base golf. Agreed. So I thought just to wrap it up for kind of fun, we've been lighthearted pretty much the whole time. I wanted to try something with uh, my phone. You can ask your phone questions. And I know you've done some Siri challenges, right? Where you had to like oh, yeah. guess distances and whatnot. 
So this one is just to find out what it thinks about some of our top pro players in the disc golf world. So let's see. <laughs> let's see what happens here. I'm going to try this out. It worked earlier. I'm going to just hold it up to my microphone. Let's see. Hey, Siri, tell me the Wikipedia for Ricky Wysocki. Richard Wysocki is an American professional disc golfer based in Fort Mill, South Carolina. Should I keep going? Yes, please. Wysocki turned pro in 2010. His career earnings are $366,409.76. Wysocki is a two-time PDGA world champion and is widely regarded as one of the best players in the world, holding the second highest PDGA rating currently after Paul Macbeth. Wow. Thank you. So let's try this one. Mind blown. <clears throat> Pretty cool, right. right? Smarter than us. Hey, Siri, read me the Wikipedia for Paul Macbeth. Paul Macbeth is an American professional disc golfer from Huntington Beach, California. Would you like to hear more? Oh, yeah. He won the PDGA World Championships four times in a row and again in 2019, making him a five-time champion. Macbeth was the top-ranked player of the PDGA in 2015, 2017, 2018, and again in 2019. Macbeth turned pro in 2008. His career earnings are $484,105.09. He proposed to Hannah Croak in April 2017 and married her in December 2018. Wrong. <laughs> it was February of 2018, and he's made 510 grand. How incredible. It's like he got proposed to Hannah propose in April. Got married like at Maple All right. Here we go. Here we go. A few more. Um, hey, Siri, read the Wikipedia for Eagle McMahon. Oh, it's thinking. One moment. Eagle Win McMahon is an American professional disc Man. golfer from Boulder, Colorado. Do you want me to keep reading? <laughs> yes. McMahon is currently sponsored by Discmania Golf Discs, and alongside Simon Lazad, he is their top player. McMahon is a former number one ranked disc golf player in the world. So that was interesting. She got my name right. That's surprising. <laughs> Simon Lazad. So I think I think if I've ever asked my Siri to call Simon, it always comes up calling Simon Lazadi. <laughs> it's always Lazadi. Lazadi. Yeah, that was am amazing. Oh wow! All right, here we go. A few more. We don't have judge that disc golfer going on tonight, do we? No, we okay. we judged uh, Brody. Yeah. No, we didn't. Yeah, not really. Okay, we'll here judge we someone next week. People have been asking, so. All right, here's here's a few more just to wrap out. Hey Siri, read me the Wikipedia for Simon Lazat. Thinking, thinking. Lazadi. Well, it's telling me just a second. Simon Lazat is a German professional disc golfer. His career earnings are $151,959. Do you want me Big to keep money. reading? Yes. He has been noted for holding the disc golf distance world record on several occasions. Lazad is currently sponsored by Discmania Golf Discs. He is currently rated three in the PDGA. Ooh, nice. <laughs> Let's go. Kind of We're annoyingly, I Googled myself like two days ago and I just read that whole thing. So really? I, kinda, I knew what she was going to say. <laughs> That's pretty funny. But we're, that was we're cool. sitting here with the number three ranked player in the world. That must have been written a couple of years ago. <laughs> I had to go look it up. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, he was. Maybe he is. He didn't play enough. I was year. second twice in my life. Very nice. I'll get back. I'll get back up there, guys. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Keep one, that elbow. One last one. Hey Siri, 
Read me the Wikipedia for Paige Pierce. Do, 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 do. Paige Pierce from Plano, Texas, is the number one ranked and rated female professional disc golfer in the world. Want to hear more? Yes. She is a five-time world champion and has been consistently ranked in the top four professional women between 2011 and 2019. In 2018, she achieved the highest player rating a woman has ever had at 978. In 2019, she broke her own record setting a new high player rating of 980 and broke that record again in July 2020 by reaching 988 rated. And broke it once more, reaching 991. Yeah, so that was, I don't know, I just thought that was kind of interesting. It's yeah, kind of random, cool. but interesting. <clears throat> they explain um, it so elegantly. It was actually kind of nice to listen to. If you want to know, and this is now, this is me name dropping now. You ready? If you want to know why I had to say read the Wikipedia, it's because they're actually in my contact listening. And if I say, hey, Siri, who is this? It just pulls up their contact. And I'm like, oh, no, like, I want to know who it is. So, like, I didn't have Eagles. I could have said, who is Eagle? And it pulls yep. it up. But everybody else. It starts reading it if you just say, who's Eagle? Yes. Who's Eagle McMahon? Yeah. It's incredible. That's pretty sweet. Hey, Siri, who is Eagle McMahon? Eagle Win McMahon is an American okay, professional. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. I'm going to start doing that every day. <laughs> who's Donald Trump? <laughs> Stop it. Who is Donald Trump? I need to learn stuff about that guy because I don't understand what's going on. But yeah. let's not talk about politics. All right. Let's yeah. not talk about okay. politics. And on that note, good we have ended the show. Tell someone. No, I'm just kidding. That was good. We had a great chat tonight, guys. We totally appreciate it. Yeah. People giving the super chats. Literally, that does help to improve the quality of this broadcast. Um, as a reminder, and Nick already kind of said this. Oh, my God. My dad's in the chat. <laughs> Thanks for explaining us how a saw works. Oh, yeah, Dad. We were talking about you earlier. Just shout out to my dad. He's the absolute man. He's my dude. And uh, he was the one who taught us how to. I, that's so embarrassing for me because I know how to use all these tools, but when I do it at my dad's house, everything's already set up perfectly. Like I just go in, plug it in, use it, and it's done. But at Simon's house, we had to buy a new saw. We had to hook it up. We had to do all these different things that I didn't know how to do. And uh, I'm just like imagining it, it again. That's so funny. Yeah, it, it was. I wish we took a video of it. But he's like, my dad is like the city inspector for yeah, building. He, like. He's, the building the inspector. second largest city in new england yeah. <laughs> like, and i can't run a and here i am yeah <laughs> i i actually i said that to someone at one of my job <sighs> sites they were like so you know what's your dad do and i said oh my dad's you know city you know building inspector and he was like what the hell are you doing in a blasting company then and i was like all those years i helped my dad at job sites i never really paid much attention unfortunately <laughs> so <laughs> here i am doing a blasting so i love it so we'd like to thank those who are in our chat tonight. Um, yeah. We did have super chats. Thank you again. We did. We really appreciate that a ton. Um, so just as a reminder, we are taking off next week because what is it? Thanksgiving. We aren't going to do a show unless I just randomly get on my phone to say happy Thanksgiving, but I don't yeah. think it's going to happen. The no, following no. week, December 3rd, um, is the show with Casey White. Spacey Casey White, as uh, Tyler Brickley yeah. said. <laughs> And he'll be on the show remotely. And it sounds to me like Simon will return. Um, we will have topics that would be insightful in regards to, um, from Simon's perspective, as well as Casey, how he sees mm -hmm. what's going on with him right now as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then we're taking off December, everybody. 
We got to do it. The time has come. The show is ending. We've got to create upgrades. For a few weeks. We got to create upgrades. We've got I, to work. I'm going to destroy myself right now. And I'm going to announce something that I haven't fully planned out yet. But Nick and Macho's taking off December. But Lazat Vlogs <laughs> is going to do Vlogmas. And I'm going to pump really out. Just... Shameless plug yourself. 24 videos in a row from the first no. to the 24th. Can I be in one? Did you get a new camera? Nick, there's a very good chance you're going to be in 10. I need help. Very Casey cool. is in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. That's such a good point. You know what? Guys, if you want to see me in the vlog, miss, let us know in the chat. No, Nick. I mean, <laughs> Matt, we have a good vlog idea for that video you've been wanting to do. And I think we can get Maple Hill to let us on for do, to do that. Mm-hmm. And then, Nick, we can do some music stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I just printed out a calendar this morning, and I'm going to fill everything up with a video idea. So I have everything written down, and I'm going to... My new vlog setup is actually coming in this weekend. So I have a new camera, a little gimbal, so everything's going to be nice and smooth, and a new microphone. So um, I can't believe I just said that publicly. So uh, now you I have hope to yeah, now, now you have to do it. I hope uh, yeah. a lot of people are just having a lot of shots from all the wickets that's been thrown around. I know, right? Forget yeah, what so I everyone's said. gonna for, everyone's gonna forget. So yeah. we can make two vlogs: the one at Maple Hill that we were talking about, but then also candle pin bowling after that. Like we'll go out and do that because you've never done it. Yeah, we can go do that now and film it. You think? Yeah, yeah. Oh, pretty yeah. sure. Pretty sure. I've we'll, seen I've seen Instagram stories. We'll have to wear masks, bowling. probably. Yeah, masks. yeah, we'll see if that makes sense and if yeah. it's fun to film and we can make it make sense in the in the video. Because sure. also making a video every single day is gonna be freaking crazy, wicked hard. Yeah. Wicked. Oh, and uh, <laughs> thank you for saying that, yeah. Simon, because we are probably, there might be actually in December, maybe Nick and I pump out maybe two videos. <laughs> we might do some disc golf content. I've been trying to get upgraded equipment so that we yeah. can do some basic stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, guys. Uh, I don't think there's anything I'm missing, Nick. Simon, no, I, think we, I think we've hit that point. <laughs> we've hit that point where everyone's already leaving. Yeah. No. Um, All right. Awesome. So with that being said, I think we're ready to wrap up. Thanks so much for being in studio, Simon. Yeah, yeah, we don't really need to give Simon that 30 second shameless plug because everyone already knows where to find him. Everyone already knows who he's sponsored by. Don't forget to subscribe to Simon's YouTube channel if for some odd reason you aren't already. Um, also, please subscribe to the Nick and Matt show on YouTube. Be sure to hit the thumbs up button. Give us a like. Um, for some odd reason, the YouTube algorithms love likes. So please. Uh, very odd reason. Simon, yeah, I, I right. Really and I, we're literally at that last second. Scale of one to ten, how's your arm doing? Your your elbow? Um, wait, is one good or one bad? One is one bad. is awful. Ten is the best it could be. I'm gonna say a humble five. Okay, humble five. Still working on it's, it, guys. It's to the point where we still are not allowed to play darts together. Yeah. All right, Nick. So, you said tell someone you love them. I have not said it yet. Please subscribe, everyone. We really, really, really appreciate you being in the chat tonight. Um, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. I hope you are able to spend the holidays with your loved ones. And please tell someone you love them this week. We cannot wait to see you all again. And we'll see you in the next one. <laughs> that's mine soon. New camera. <laughs> awesome. Peace no, out, everybody. That's the PlayStation 5. You guys, you guys are awesome. Nice. Thanks for tuning in to the Nick and Matt Show. Be sure to check us out on your favorite social platform and subscribe on iTunes.